2: going on our internet analytic here aka dreams and i'd like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i'm your hip-hop and gaming news source with a little bit of r mixed in of course i have to give a recap of what has been happening throughout the episode 125 to 126 as at this point I think people are accustomed to hearing, you know, life updates or just like podcast updates or just like what's going on in general. So I do want to say uh, Drizzly sent another uh, sponsor, Oh, sent another, they sent another, uh, they wanted to sponsor the pod for a third time. So let's uh, clap that up, I guess, Uh, if you're at home, that's not really how it works. I think I have a little button for that. Give me one second. I think it's somewhere. Oh, here we go. I don't, I stop. I stop using the sound effect as often. So, but anyways, got the little applause going on. If you can't hear it, uh, let's see. Yeah, there we go. I know people like for me to use my soundboard more, but when I get to talking, I'm not gonna lie. I do not be thinking about the extra sound effects I have on my soundboard. I do, by the way. I need to get that Drake combination sound effect on my soundboard because that is beyond hilarious. But that's besides the point. So basically. Um, yeah, Drizzly sponsored the pod for a third time, so shout out to them for sponsoring this episode. So this episode is, uh, along with all the following segments for the month of August, is sponsored by Drizzly. Drizzly. I can't even say it. It's sponsored by Drizzly. It's like a... Uh, what is it? Uh, I, I had a whole ad that read before this, so you probably already heard it. But basically, they deliver wine different types of alcohol right to you it's kind of like uber for alcohol delivery and um yeah it's pretty neat i looked up their business on my like off time and it was pretty cool so anyways let's stop the applause but anyways i had to whole another ad that's, that explains everything explains everything more like uh fluently i guess anyways what else so let me bring my beat back up because i like my intro beat if i can find it i think I can. oh here we go all right anyways um it was something i wanted to get into oh okay so a lot of people want their music played on a podcast so um i don't play music on my podcast because of universal music group for most other artists like it's fair game i guess but with universal music group playing their music is a big no-no especially on dsps as you can probably tell um don't like that i mean that's why they took my podcast down last year so and you know i've already talked about that in in length if you just look up notorious mass effect versus uh spotify that's what it's called on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on it should have been titled notorious mass effect versus universal music group because not only did drizzly send me uh, another sponsorship this is like the third time them them sponsoring the podcast but spotify also sent ambassador um ad for me and also clarified what happened with the whole situation so it's basically universal music group um i don't know if i was supposed to say that but hey i said it so (laughs) anyways um so yeah I don't play music on a podcast, but what I can do, because for the most part, I think everybody on this list is like independent artists. I don't want to just assume and like disrespect people, but I think they are. So anyway, I just want to go over kind of like how I want to do playlist submissions, because that's what people who have been reaching out call it. Um, Let's just do this. So for 24 hours, I will post your music for $10. Let's do that. And I know what y'all are probably saying. Why only 24 hours? Because let me tell you, I don't want to post your music later down the line, you get signed, and then I get in trouble with your major label. You know, if you end up blowing up, which, you know, God willing, hopefully all the artists who reached out do well. But I just don't want your label, if you end up getting signed to one, uh, reaching out to me to take down or sending me a takedown notice. I don't want any of that. So what we're going to do is a 24-hour time limit on whatever music you want me to play on my podcast. I'm doing uh, $10 per submission. So... the re- The reason I'm doing this is because a lot of people reached out. So I think people are beyond interested in it, but I needed to figure out a a way to do it where it wouldn't get me in trouble because even with Universal Music Group, you never know what other major major label, you know, has it out for me. Um, So anyways, so another thing I want to get through how not to reach out. So basically, can this repeat? Let's do repeat, repeat yeah repeat one there we go i think that works all right so basically this is how it goes a lot of people are reaching out and are basically just putting their music with links They're they're sending me radio edit explicit edit i'm not gonna say names I'm not trying to like um you know uh clown nobody but i just want to break this down and then they also sent like ep samples like they're sending me samples of their music and stuff so um a different emails are like oh how's it going i have been doing music for years and have tons have a ton of music as well as video content and i was hoping i could submit my most recently released album for consideration to go on your playlist please check it out at your leisure and convenience Uh, another one said hi i absolutely love your playlist i've got a track that i think could be fitting and was wondering if you take some submissions at all i think you'll love it i've been keen to hear your thoughts also somebody else said i hope this email received in good health i really like your playlist and would like to be considered for placement and then what else they went on to say their name talked about the slick melodies high rise city lights something like that i don't know it was it and that was describing the mood basically i say all that to say i also i also do want to play music from people who support the pod so from the people who email me if they don't listen to the podcast then they probably won't know that what I'm telling you now is how to actually submit your music. And with a $10 price tag is only for, because of, it's because of the platform I have now, um, I don't wanna just play music for free and people just think it's like not worth anything. So I'm putting a price tag on it cause I've seen the numbers and see what it does for like even the bigger artists. So it's like, Of course, I'm gonna have some type of price tag, and I I don't think like $10 is outrageous, especially for uh, the way this is performing right now. Like we're doing 80,000 weekly downloads, and in general, uh, we're only on the it's it's only up from here the way I've been looking at it because 1.2 million downloads in just seven months under the hosting platform Red Circle. I can't really. Put into words how thankful I am for that. So, what I want to say is for the people who support me, if you're listening to this and want to submit your music, I just gave you kind of like the directions to do it. And also, if you could say podcast instead of playlist, I don't like playlists because, like, I cover games too. So, um, Yeah, so if people listening to this have music they want to submit, that's how you do it. I did not want to spend too much time on that, but I knew people was... Like, these aren't even all the emails. I just wanted to get into it. Like, I remember I I sponsored uh, Carly in the Universe, which is like a group... um, I forget what type of music they make. I think they're like pop, hip-hop-centric. I don't know. But they're a band, really talented. Look them up, Carly in the Universe. I think they're on all social media platforms, but I didn't really... um, two playlist submissions before them so they was like the i think that was the first one of course i did like if you know me <laughs> you don't have to like pay but you know if i don't know you and you just want to get your music played it's just like you know it's 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 a business at the end of the day and i don't think this price tag is outrageous you know did a lot of research into how much i should actually charge because i'm not trying to rip y'all off at all so anyways uh so that's basically it for that uh what else for introductions i don't think i have too much to say oh i do okay the last thing i want to say is there was this email right not an email it was this uh thing i was looking at and it said we've went from let me find this right quick this is ridiculous i honestly can't believe this is a real thing let me see if i can find it i think it's over here somewhere oh here we go all right i found it all right so basically this is what y'all need to know cause i know y'all experiencing it just as much as me so apparently reporters uh well let's just read it out according to the guardian the era of globin i can't read i'm sorry y'all i can't read i'm like floyd mayweather when it comes to this give me a second all right i'm composed now let's get back to it according to the guardian the era of global warming has ended in the and the era of global boiling has arrived. The UN Secretary General, a Tony, I can't say the last name, Antonio, and the last name G- Guterres, I can't say that, miss. I completely put you that. has said after scientists confirmed July was on track to be the world's hottest month on record. Climate change is here. It is terrifying and it is just the beginning, says Antonio. And he went. he went on to say quote it is still possible to limit global temperature rise to 1.5 c above pre-industry pre-industrial level uh, levels and avoid the worst of climate change but only with dramatic immediate climate action and he went on to say that this his comments came after scientists confirmed on Thursday that the past three weeks have been the hottest since records began, and July is on track to be the hottest month ever recorded. Say so all that to say, y'all need to stay hydrated out here and definitely monitor your time in the sun. I know a lot of people love to sell Illuminati phrase when he says, gazer, gazer. but let me tell you something. If you gaze into the sky at this point, you may end up with irreversible damage (laughs) which you know it's not funny but i'm just saying so i'm trying to give you all the heads i don't know what that was my fault um i'm trying to give you all the heads up right and another reason i say that is because i have been completely just like it got to the point it was so hot i had the ac all the way down and I had to pull my fan out. At that point, I was just like, ain't no way. Like, I'm inside and I'm hot like this. Like, it was like 105, 109, it was something crazy. So, you know, it's not even 2K numbers at this point. Like, it's, it surpassed that. So, uh, what else? Yeah, that's basically it, man. Y'all, y'all stay safe out here. You know, th- this climate change is no joke severely severely hot outside make sure to stay hydrated like i keep saying and uh yeah that's a reason i wanted to say it, because of course this is not no bill nye the science type of uh, information but i'm just letting y'all know that it's super hot out here and y'all need to stay safe and uh what else yeah so that's basically it so for the episode right <laughs> with this whole episode uh this whole thing is about it's because of the episode so let's get into a plethora of topics And also, the main topic for episode 126, if I can find it, is Marvel's Spider-Man 2. But we're also going to get into Mortal Kombat. I'm going to give my Travis Scott Utopia review. Um, What else? Basically, a whole lot of topics. We're going to touch on some beef and make sure to follow my analytic dreams video podcast if you want to watch the video alongside the audio element because it's spotify exclusive so i had to make it exclusively through anchor which gives you the access to put video on spotify so you have to look up analytic dreams video on spotify all right So if you're wondering why I'm playing video throughout the episode and you can't see it, that's why you have to follow Analytic Dreams video. But of course, I'm going to keep reminding y'all in every single segment. Just want to say it at the beginning. So now that we finished the intro, I do want to say I'm beyond excited to get into Marvel Spider-Man 2 because I'm a little biased. Like I keep saying throughout this podcast, Spider-Man is my favorite fictional creation of all time by far. It's not even close. So with what Insomniac did with the first one. Beyond excited for Spider-Man 2, and I have a lot of different details that I have to say I completely made up because it may just be on point. So I'm definitely gonna say spoiler warning when we get to the Spider-Man section. I'm obviously gonna say it again. I'm just letting you know right now. I got a lot of details about the Spider-Man video game that if if you really want to know, you're gonna find out. So there's gonna be a lot to take away in this episode. We we got a lot to get into and. If you're not already informed, I mean, I just informed you on global uh, boiling, which is a pretty big deal, then every time you come to Notorious Mass Effect, I love for people to take something away from it so you don't feel like I wasted your time. So with that being said, let's get right into the first topic of episode 126, which is, of course, the beef, and I mean straight beef between ASAT Rocky, and Travis Scott now why would Travis Scott be receiving subliminal discs from ASAP Rocky to be receiving a sublim- subliminal disc there might have to be history where the two got off on the wrong foot because in the past obviously they have been influenced by one another in a way that made it seem like there was actually a group at one point like at some point i thought travis scott was like asap scott or something like i thought him and rocky was going to be the next ray strimmer or something but at this point seems like they have completely uh, fell off as asap rocky played a new song during his set at rolling loud where he said you stole my flow so i stole Your and then it says the B word, but you know, this is a PG podcast. You feel me? So, anyways, y'all are probably wondering who he could be referring to with the B word, right? None other than his actual baby mom, Rihanna. You just gotta love hip hop culture, right? Calling your wife or baby moms the B word, I guess it's just accepted nowadays in the hip hop culture, but that's besides the point. Because in 2015, allegedly, Travis Scott and Rihanna dated, right? and now ASAP Rocky and Rihanna have been dating since 2020 so people are led to believe that he was specifically talking about Travis Scott where where did it come from as far as the diss towards Travis I have no idea I don't know if it's jealousy because the way that Travis Scott blew up because if you don't know even Travis Scott would say himself that he has been heavily influenced in the fashion sense from Rocky and also vice versa but Rocky I think was getting upset because of how more how much more notoriety Travis Scott was receiving compared to him. Hip hop as I always love to say is the most contact genre in music. So competition in life is everlasting. Competition in hip hop is even more intense than the average lifestyle let's just say that because every single time you're rapping every single time you're putting out music you're competing with somebody in a way that may lead you to using certain marketing tactics like this completely calling out travis scott before utopia came out during his utopia rollout is the most obvious attempt for getting more publicity on your new single that he put out some time ago i don't, it was it was atrocious don't listen to it but he was trying to put more ears and eyes on that using the using the notorious 50 cent way of getting people's attention which is just straight up dissing them but instead of straight up dissing them he used more of a subliminal which i can't respect that i can't respect that at all if you want to use somebody for clout then at least have the integrity to use their name because with him leaving it at that and also saying some words following it led people to believe that he was dissing let me see let me pull this up right quick it led people to believe that he was dissing ian connor and somebody else but when ian connor ended up dming travis scott because he was like where did this come from like i thought we was cool why are you dissing me he said in a dm that he posted on his ig which is ian connor's revenge if you want to look it up basically he texted asap rocky he said what is this about basically how asap rocky dissed travis along with asap Bari, along with ian connor and more at rolling loud miami so he was like what is this about right that's what ian connor texted him asap rocky literally said about nothing you probably won't believe me lol word to though can't blame you if you don't what type of rebuttal or response is that it's like if you uh subliminally diss your friend right because ian connor and asap was supposedly like not close but like acquaintance acquaintances or they worked together i don't know some some sort of fashion they was together so with this coming out of the blue it's like subliminally dissing your friend and your friend straight up asks you about it via te- text message and you just give some lazy response like man i can see how you feel that way that's crazy. And then that's it. Like, what? Like, at that point, okay, you obviously are, are dissing that man. And then Ian Connor uh, responded to that, uh, like, just terrible response by saying, I like to hear unbelievable expletive because what's going on when we set this tone? Because, like I just said previously, I guess Ian Connor and ASAP were supposedly f- friends, but ASAP Rocky dissing all these people just screams a uh, marketing a pr move and a marketing tactic that i just at the end of the day don't think will work at all i just feel like the music that asap rocky is putting out currently is just too down bad to save with this desperate attempt of going the 6-9 route of just dissing people for clout so at the end of the day what i do want to get into is just how It's possible that ASAP Rocky's disc wasn't directed to Travis Scott at all, but Travis Scott, which I'm going to get to in my Utopia review later on, said about, well, he talked about how, you know, they talking stuff with no tried it. And he he said something explicit that made the no trident line make sense, but it's a PG podcast. So basically, Travis Scott even responded to Rocky, obviously in music, not online, because I, I think he obviously saw the marketing or the PR move ASAP was trying to pull in the midst of the Utopia rollout. I think it was it was as obvious as you could have imagined with this type of uh, random outburst of disses. Cause ASAP Rocky is pretty low key from what i've seen from the outside looking in so for him to completely diss travis scott at this point in time in the midst of his utopia rollout i think travis scott saw the play he didn't bite on it While anybody else i think would have just went on instagram or whatever and just completely blasted rocky but he kept it straight on music gave some bars which we're going to get into in my utopia review but at the end of the day asap rocky is just down bad and this is just a desperate attempt on putting more eyes on his upcoming album and the single that's already out but let me tell you the quality should have stayed in because that was straight trash it was just the way that he was rapping I feel like he can rap but I don't know why he switches his flow in a way that's unenjoyable most times he switches a flow and goes to a flow that you you really not say not haven't heard you haven't heard but it's just really weird not offbeat is off-putting and i'm not even trying to be funny it's just very trash the way that he rapped his and in his last single but the snippet he played to be fair sounds pretty solid so we're gonna see what he ends up doing with this but I, i do think that asa rocky is using certain marketing tactics that's just very um unfortunate and kind of shows where his musical career is at and as far as a personal level i mean just to sum sum up his personal status every time i look up asap rocky news rihanna pops up so that should let you know how overshadowed this man is in life and in music so anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about asap rocky dissing travis Scott out of nowhere and then completely walking it back with ian connor and asap Bari. and do you think that travis scott and asap rocky could ever reconcile in the near future now why in the world would i be covering travis oh my fault asap rocky that's probably why he's upset in the first place everybody always thinks that that man is travis scott but that's besides the point so we're not here today to talk about ASAP Rocky. We're here to get into the legendary artist, Peso Pluma, as I believe it's very important to touch on a lot of different cultures and the hip hop community and just music in general, because the different cultures, the different communities as such as the Latin community, need certain highlights, I believe, so that people understand what type of impact they're having in the music field. Peso Pluma has been running the charts in the Latin charts and, of course, the U.S. charts. But the main reason I'm touching on this is because Peso Pluma and ASAP Rocky were together in a recording studio. Now, why, now, why, they even, why is that even information, right? I think the way I wanted to take this segment is the epiphany that a lot of American artists are having you see j cole doing features with artists from bts you see lotto doing features with seven, um i think it's seven the the uh, k-pop group i believe you see a lot of different collabs from little dirk collabing with uh, a country artist i completely forgot his name i think he's like super huge or something so don't kill me i just forgot his name but basically, what I'm saying is the crossover from hip hop artists to other genres, I think they're starting to notice that if you want to be on the level of a Taylor Swift, a Bad Bunny, who else? A Drake, you probably have to diver- diversify the portfolio in a way that makes consumers and listeners not look at you as a one trick pony. As we've seen with The Baby, as we've seen with Little Baby whenever you get that one trick pony tag of you doing the same song over and over and over again a lot of fans start to label label you as somebody who who doesn't make good music because you're going to get to a point where they're they're going to get tired of it and anything you put out after that they are just going to call trash as you've seen with little baby keep in mind people was comparing little baby musically and rapping ability wise to drake when he put out my turn which deserved deservedly so i think a lot of people forget me as a drake fan or a drake stan even i was uh kind of worried i was like little baby is kind of catching up as far as the gap because if you remember once the knees came out where a little bo- a little baby completely outrapped drake on that track i think it was more of an alley from drake but still i can't make any i can't copy any please all right you listen to the track little baby just completely destroyed drake but that's besides the point then we get to my turn that not only had what was it emotional scars or whatever i forget what that song what that song was called but then not only did he have that but he also had the track which i believe changed the trajectory of his career in a good way called bigger than i think it was called bigger than me I believe it was called bigger than me if you remember around that period of time it was a kendrick lamar-esque type move because george floyd was unfortunately killed by the police and after that a lot of riots was happening in the black lives matter movement little baby came out with a track called bigger than me and that track was perfect from start to finish i think that's one of the best hip-hop tracks ever created because i feel like timing is very important when putting out music in the way that Little Baby put out Bigger Than Me on in a situation where people could have easily just said he was pandering or he was just trying to get the buzz. Because if you remember uh, Killer Mike, was another rapper who was out in the fields, like being like he wasn't rapping, but he was in the field being like um, an activist for the Black Lives Matter movement. And here, little baby is putting out uh, music about this movement, which he is black. But of course, you know how people are. If there's a cash grab or a way to market yourself in a good way, the marketing team is gonna do it. But the way that little baby. Related that situation to himself. I think a lot of people resonated towards what he was saying because they believed his story. So bigger than me, I I feel like changed the trajectory for Little Baby to believing that he was no uh, for fans to believe that Little Baby was one of if not the best rapper in the game because that track was monumental and a reason why he even got nominated for a Grammy for that track. I don't believe he won, but that's a whole nother story. That's a story for another day. So, anyways. Reason I say that is because, with the likes of a Peso Pluma, ASAP Rocky type collab, I think a lot of people need certain bigger than me type of moments to change the trajectory of their career. Obviously, timing is important, which is why I'm bringing up this Peso Pluma and ASAP Rocky collab because I do not believe in any stretch of the imagination that ASAP Rocky is adding any type of sales to a Peso Pluma track. Peso does so many numbers by himself that he will be doing a humongous favor for drake it's kind of like if drake did a feature for like some up and coming rapper that's the type of that's the type of help peso pluma would be doing for asa rocky in his musical career currently may sound crazy to say but when you look at peso pluma on the billboard charts and the latin music charts i mean he runs the lat not runs that's a little strong but he's in the top 10 top five of the latin music charts and then come over to america and he's always in the top 50 top 25 so whenever he puts out music people listen and a lot of people listen which makes these artists like asf rocky trying to collab with artists like peso very interesting i'm not going to say it's culture appropriation or trying to be a culture vulture but it's very similar to what culture vultures do when they see a certain culture starting to get a lot of shine in their respective spaces in the hip-hop industry so that's the only reason i wanted to touch on this nothing too deep i guess but that that's really what i why i wanted to cover this because i think hip-hop artists are starting to notice the gap is closing between hip-hop and other genres so click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about peso pluma and asap rocky being in the studio together and also what do you think about different genres such as latin music uh afro beats closing the gap on hip-hop and do you think they could actually surpass the popularity of hip-hop music it is time to get into the travis scott utopia album the album was released july 28th 2023 by cactus jack in epic records Follow-up from the 2018 album, Astroworld. So after the five-year wait, this man has given us an album consisting of Beyonce, Drake, The Weeknd, Bad Bunny, Playboy Cardi, SZA, Future, 21 Savage, I can keep going on and on. You would have thought this was a DJ Khaled or a Kanye West Donda album. The amount of features that this had. Granted, the five year wait, I believe the budget for the album was out of this world. So Travis was like, let's get all the features possible. All I want to say is we're getting into this album. Because of course we're gonna start with the sales because that's what a lot of people are wanting to know about. If you didn't hear my first impressions of Travis Scott Utopia, just know that I was saying that the first week sales would do around three to four thousand, uh three to four hundred thousand first week. But I did also say it could jump up to seven hundred thousand because of the new bundle rules. Yeah. What actually ended up happening? According to his daily double, Travis Scott, with 350 million streams in the first seven days, is going to sell around 245 to 270,000. No, 245,000 first week. But... It doesn't include pure album sales slash bundles. Those also could, could surpass 200,000. So apparently going off the 245 to 275,000 first week that people are guessing, guesstimating that he would do with streaming going off of the 200,000 that people are guessing he would do with bundles slash album sales. He could end up doing around five to six hundred thousand first week. Without bundles, he's gonna do probably around three hundred thousand first week. So, technically, I wasn't too far off. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. You know, a lot of people in the hip hop industry love to say that fans just be talking and fans don't know what they're talking about. And it always reminds me. Of when people say, Oh, you got to be in this hip hop industry, you got to make music to know what you're talking about. And when athletes be like, Oh, you got to play this game to know what you're talking about. And then they end up saying something out of pure hatred for another player. So not only could you get misinformation from people in the league, quote unquote, because of their personal bias towards people, but you could also have a certain perception of another person in the same league because of that person having a personal vendetta case in point i'll probably point out isaiah thomas and michael jordan ask M- michael jordan like who's the top five point guards that ever play the game ask isaiah thomas who's the top five shooting guards that ever played the game and you'll probably get an interesting answer but they was in the league mind you so anyways hopefully that made sense if it didn't day maybe i am just talking but anyways uh <laughs> so uh travis guy is you know set to s- sell around 500 000 first week with uh bundles and 300 000 by himself with uh streams and in general billboard updated its eligibility rules as you can see right now shameless plug to my analytic dreams video channel on spotify exclusive spotify uh version And Billboard restored some of the formats, such as merged bundle sales when calculating chart positions. Under the new rules, artists may only sell two different fan bundle variations, which must come with a physical copy of the album and a piece of merch. Astroworld, to put it in perspective, sold 538,000 album equivalent units in 2018. So with that, that was the only... That was the second largest first week sales only behind the goat of course because you know these, these people can't compete with the goat so even though y'all may say i'm biased with my praise of drake who i always call the goat just know objectively speaking billboard is on record saying that drake has the highest first week sales for hip-hop ever with scorpion with 732 thousand first week sales now let's just let's just you know let's just let that set in you know a little moment of silence for the goat all right so basically um for utopia it's not going to get close to seven hundred thousand, 000 but it will get close to five maybe six if the projections are just off with bundles of course without bundles like i said it's probably gonna be around the 300 range of 400 but the biggest thing is Travis Scott definitely sold a lot and compared to what I was thinking when it comes to Travis Scott I do think that the utopia rollout has been one of the best rollouts I've seen since Kanye West and his Donda rollout I'm gonna make a lot of comparisons to Kanye West and Travis Scott for the simple reason hold up okay yeah cuz I was trying to I think I found this but I'm trying to make sure I get my facts correct correct so basically I'm gonna make a lot of comparisons between Kanye West and Travis Scott simply because a lot of people was calling this album Yeezus 2.0 what people don't know is that Travis Scott was the key producer of Yeezus back in what 2012 2013 I forget when that was happening But basically, everybody uh, attributes that album to Kanye West's current sound as far as the influence. And Travis Scott was the main component of that sound. As if you look it up, Travis Scott was a huge producer for the album Yeezus. And Kanye and Travis has always been influenced off one another, of course. So let's not get twisted. Kanye West is still him when it comes to influence. But as far as his sound specifically, it's kind of like when Drake quote unquote allegedly use Queen Miller in The Weeknd. The Weeknd for Take Care album of course and then Queen Miller for If You're Reading This Is Too Late. That's kind of the effect that Travis Scott had for Yeezus. No he didn't do everything for Kanye West but he was a huge contributor to why it sounded the way it did. Hopefully that makes sense if it doesn't. Just know that I'm not trying to say Travis Scott completely influenced Kanye West, but as far as his sound post Yeezus, it was heavily inspired by Travis Scott. So when a lot of people say that, oh, Travis Scott was copying Yeezus or Kanye West really inspired Travis Scott in a way to change his whole sound, it's actually the other way around. So that being said, Utopia review. All I got to say is, where do you go now that you're done? with me that is ringing through my ears every single time i listen to the outro of utopia because i don't know about y'all but i've been talking about the astral world situation non-stop and i said that the sales will represent if people care about the astral world situation or not because of course if you don't know the whole astral world situation is when i believe let me look this up because i'm definitely not trying to get this wrong because the Travis Scott Astroworld situation and the events that led up to it makes me believe that Travis Scott is one of the most dangerous hip hop performers, like uh, not even hip hop, one of the most dangerous performers ever in life because November 5th, 2021, for the Astroworld Festival that was a, a music event that was founded by Travis Scott. That's the biggest point. I think a lot of people are like, why are you blaming Travis? He didn't do anything. It's literally his festival. And a lot of different insiders were saying that he runs it a certain way so he can have certain rushes towards the mosh pit, allegedly. I have to say allegedly, definitely for that. But was not alleged is that eight people died the night and two more died in the hospital over the following days because of that Astroworld Festival on November 5th, 2021. And the cause of death was because of a lot of, let me see. Trying to find what is it? Okay, so 25 people were hospitalized, more than 300 were treated for injuries at the festivals field hospital. Multiple concert, goers, multiple concert goers documented the incident by posting videos and recounting their experience on social media during and after the concert. And the reason I say that is because I don't want to say anything that's like objective or just like, I want to give you, I want to give you actual, I don't, I don't want to give you anything that's like subjective. I want to give you things that's objectively true. So with uh, the World situation, it was also a, it was a play by the Houston police that I thought was pretty interesting to downplay the rollout of Utopia when it eventually came out and the reason I say that is because once I pull it up in a second it's really interesting that they will release this info now than it actually when they, when it actually occurred so they waited to release this info after the album was released but the Houston police basically came out and said because granted I mean Keep in mind, Astroworld is a festival founded by Travis Scott, right? Astroworld tragedy. The Houston police came out and said that Travis Scott's team prevented the concert from stopping multiple times. The police report says, and they said, um, I'm "Trying to find out if they had any more of what they said." And they basically said that, yeah, the Houston police said that Travis Scott's team prevented the Astroworld concert from stopping and I think that's very interesting that they've released that as soon as Utopia released why not release that right when the album or not right when the situation was uh or the information was brought to you it, it does feel like a marketing play but at the same time that event did happen people did die and the reason why I say the sales is going to be a reflection on if people care or not is because You see all these features for Travis Scott, Beyonce, Drake, The Weeknd, twice, 21 Savage, twice, Future. Then you see the reception of Gunna not being able to get any mainstream producers, artists to feature supposedly because he snitched on Young Thug. It kind of shows where the moral integrity is of hip hop. And the security guard from the police no, there's a secure, so the police the Houston police came out with a uh a twelve hundred and sixty six page report on the day that, that Utopia came out. So, like I said, I think it was like a an interesting marketing tactic by the police, but still, nonetheless, this actually happened. A guard named Marty Walgren, I don't even know if I should say his name. I should probably say his name because people are not gonna think I'm actually saying like what happened. Went backstage and told two of the members of uh, Scott's team that the show needed to end because of, you know the injuries and stuff. And then he also said that the show could not end because Drake had three more songs left to perform. He also said that they actively impeded the ability for anyone to stop the show. So that's why I said multiple times. So they were stopping people from actually being able to stop the show, right? Because it's ran by Travis Scott. World Festival. Astroworld Festival is not Rolling Loud. It's not what's some other ones all i know is rolling loud it was rolling loud there's some other festivals but anyways those are ran by like other people who are not artists Astroworld world specifically ran by travis scott so i think a lot of people got that confused like why don't they just go after the the company instead of travis scott's because travis scott founded Astroworld Festival, and he runs it by himself. And he hires the security, which is the biggest portion that a lot of industry insiders get into, which is why this event happens often. Because Travis Scott has a history of inciting riots in the crowd. And that's actually a fact, because in Arkansas, when he performed, I forget how long ago, I think I can look that up as well. But Travis Scott um, was arrested for inciting a riot. And uh, let me see... and and this has happened the reason why i'm pausing because i don't want to say anything that a lot of people don't understand i want to give you the facts in a way that you can understand i don't want to just like guess because i've i've said this a bunch of times but for the utopia review i definitely have to get these uh bullet points out because this is this is no joke honestly this is like very interesting the way that hip-hop just skips past certain things but of course I always say hip-hop is a lot of a lot of hypocrisy happens throughout hip-hop because in general when you're talking about Travis Scott a lot of people brush past the asteroid situation like oh yeah that was a disaster but anyways let's get to that music like no I'm gonna spend a significant time of this utopia review breaking down why I believe Travis Scott needs to be held more accountable for what happened anyways Travis Scott has a history of inciting riots during his performances. In 2015, he was arrested at Lollapalooza. That's another festival I forgot to mention. After encouraging fans to rush the stage and bypass security. 2017, after a show in Arkansas, like I just said, he was accused of inciting a riot and endangering the welfare of a minor. 2019, a fan, I don't know if this is Travis Scott's fault, but a fan fell off the balcony of his concert and was paralyzed and but the fans family so for that situation in 2019 the fans family sued travis scott now we don't know if he if they won or not but i don't really put that situation on travis scott like if somebody falls off the balcony you know um unless travis was like come from the balcony i don't see like how that would be his fault anyways um what I do want to point out is his history of just incite, inciting riots, uh, time and time again, to the point where he got tired of doing Lollapalooza. Um, in twenty seventeen, it doesn't list, but uh, it was it was Amp, the, the Walmart Amp, like theater or whatever. That's what it was in Arkansas, and then he got probably got got tired of getting arrested for literally incide, inciting inciting riots during during his performance that he created his own World Festival, and now. He has been, uh, now that this situation has happened because Astroworld, the situation happened on November 5th, 2021. So we have, let me find this again. We have Lollapalooza situation where he was arrested for inciting, inciting riots, 2015. 2017, he was arrested for inciting uh, riots. And then in 2021, 10 people died. More than 300 people were treated for injuries at the festivals field hospital and multiple concert goers documented the incident by posting videos and recounting their experiences on social media during and after the concert. So if you don't believe me, you can look it up for yourself Astroworld world festival. uh, su- survivors quote unquote of the disaster and they will probably give you their personal recount of what happened anyways. So that's why I say Travis Scott is more than responsible for this Astroworld trage- tragedy and why he should be held more and inca- uh, more accountable and just shows the hypocrisy in the hip-hop field of letting a person like Gunna go criticize and, and, and gives him, give Gunna so much criticism and downplaying his name and just... ridiculing him to the point where he doesn't have any features no artist wants to collab with him because they're riding with thug but then you come over to a- World, which is a much a way more serious situation obviously on the flip side it cannot be a way more serious situation because young thug is also accused of you know that's alleged so i'm not gonna get into that but basically you know apparently allegedly people passed away because of whole case is going on with young thug right now like as far as like what he did in the past apparently people passed away and that's why they're trying to lock him up specifically anyways that's alleged so i'm not saying that's a fact getting into the factual though realm again the actual world situation did happen it was documented and i think is way more serious than a lot of people are letting on and are Describing because even though Travis Scott denied these accusations of him, you know, inciting riots and not stopping the show when people are seen to be in distress, it's just too many accounts of this man doing this time and time again, of getting arrested time and time again. And for people to actually pass away during his concert because of him doing the exact same thing in his own festival kind of shows you. Why people are so upset at Travis Scott, me included. Travis Scott, to be fair, they do say that Travis Scott has been committed to working with the families of the victims. But however, his history of inciting riots at so his concert is um, raised serious questions and awareness from major brands, which is why his arena festival. His arena tour, if he, ever, if he even goes on one, will be very interested. interesting to see how that goes about because let him say one thing about inside Riot and they're just probably going to arrest him on spite. I'll be interested or I'll be surprised if they even let him do any of that when he goes to their venues. Because like I said, he was arrested multiple times in 2015, 2017 that he just created his own festival. So to do his own tour, I think we'll have to once again be on his own merit because a lot of these major... uh Uh, arenas such as like the one in kansas city um like if he wants to go to the sprint arena or madison square garden like he's not having like they're not having it so i'll be interested to see how he how he handles that situation as obviously he was um a lot of lawsuits are are still happening with this whole Astroworld tragedy however the police the police reported that um It could lead to a lot of criminal charges against travis scott but i believe a lot of them has been dropped i don't know that as for a fact but it doesn't seem like a lot of them because when you get into that situation like as far as hip-hop lawyers like a hip-hop artist can literally kill somebody and then the lawyer is like hey i can get you off of that like hip-hop lawyers are notorious for getting their clients off on just outrageous situations but anyway that's besides the point so um now, with that, all all that important information out the way, let's get into the album review. So basically, Utopia. So switching gears, I know it's like a harsh little transition, but like I said, the reason I, I titled this the Travis Scott Utopia Review, because I definitely wanted to get out that Astroworld point, because I think a lot of people let that slide, but I didn't want to let that slide at all. So, um, And plus, if you listen to my Travis Scott coverage over the past months you, and years since the world situation you know this is my same sentiment I've always been saying so anyways switching gears to music so now focusing specifically on music after what I just said I believe that Utopia by Travis Scott objectively speaking no no subjectively music yeah subjectively speaking for me is the best album of 2023 The reason I say it's the best album of 2023 is I would ask you to show me an album that came out this year with levels of production that's even close to this right here. I believe that what Travis Scott did with Utopia on a production level is a literal masterclass on how to record certain effects over sound effects certain eq that he uses for samples to match perfectly along with the beat I mean in meltdown he literally had a star wars sample that I had no idea that he used until I saw it in the uh, credits had to listen back to it and then once you know that it's a star wars sample it's like oh it's it's, it's like night and day the way it stands out once you see the production credits and the way he just uses that sample seamlessly with the actual beat is kind of insane the way that he samples is Kanye West-esque because of course like I said Travis Scott influenced Kanye West's sound over Yeezus but let's not even act like Kanye West the producer needs any help from anybody He's, he's very much a genius when it comes to production side Travis Scott I think at this point in time is on that level of genius when it comes to musical production solely musical production when i saw the producing credits and i saw some of the other reports that was coming out like this is travis scott's most produced album since like um forget they say it was his most produced album since was like pharaoh whatever i forget what it's called but basically when he first came out with albums or mixtapes he was more hands-on with production and he kind of tapered off a little bit not more like not like drastically more like i think the lowest percentage of production he had on this album was like 23 percent. so he's always hands-on but as far as this one it was like in the 60 percent range and a lot of people are attributing that to travis scott just being a musical genius because at this point i do believe that when it comes to production there's not really too m- many artists or just musicians in general that is better than travis scott on the production side That's drake included uh future um, obviously they're not producers. So let me again the producer realm. Metro, for Pharrell Williams, Kanye West. Um, Travis Scott needs to be needs to start being perceived in that light. Cause when it comes to production, he's very hands-on. And when it ends up sounding like this, obviously he had help from Mike Dean, but what producer doesn't collab? To be hands-on like this, to deliver a product like this production-wise. It's the best project I've ever heard sonically it's the best project I've ever heard like I said it reminds me of Kanye West Donda the way that the production was just leaps and bounds ahead of anything else that was released in that year and it reminds me of Pusha T's album when Pharrell and Kanye West produced it where all those beats uh, on the album is almost dry that's the level of production that's on Utopia. Those are the three albums that really stood out to me. It was just leaps and bounds above all others. And of course, Metro is a close second for with his uh, compilation album with uh, heroes and villains and the uh, Spider-Man soundtrack. So though all those albums, projects I just named, production wise, you can literally play any track off of that and play any track off of another artist. And you can tell the level of production is just on a different level vice versa like well not vice versa but when it, when comparing those projects to a metro to a Kanye to a Travis so and also to a Pharrell don't want to disrespect Pharrell even though Drake just did it but anyways uh we're gonna to get to that in a second so first track Hyena I think that's how you say it right I believe I don't know the way that this album started when I'm going to it's like Astroworld is what i consider uh travis scott's best intro track i feel like it really set the tone from the from the beat to what he was rapping about i feel like utopia this is like a watered down version of that but it's still a great track i've really liked hyena and when i say watered down version of astroworld it's like when i say like a watered down version of a drake new song compared to his old song like if i'm comparing them to themselves Their worst production or a track is still better than most people's track, uh, good to best track. So I'm comparing Travis Scott to himself at this point. Astroworld, I think had a better intro, but I do believe Hyena definitely set the tone when it came to production and when it came to the samples he was using, especially the way he was rapping. Like he said something about, uh, let me just pull this up. This man said something about bobblehead. And I was like, ain't no way. He said, "I'm so technically this is a location. So I know it's a PG podcast, but so we're going to talk about the location, not the cuss words. So anyways, he said, quote, I'm driving through hell and I didn't brought snow. It's shining in here that I didn't brought glow. I hear the sirens right out to something. Run me the info. Trying to hear what you did, not how you came close. Like he was also Travis Scott rapped more on this project than any other project he's ever put out so that's another tidbit um trying to hear what you did not how you came close that's a bar then he just and then the follow-up was he said because i get bobblehead like i done made pro i made italian italian bread like i done made dough i'd be all around the map write a show by myself like i'm chelsea chelsea handler or write a series by my Expeditives like on Kelsey Grammer nicknamed the J Hawk because it's out of Kansas you know it's Spaulding in my top I'm in Esper okay we just just know he was rapping on this entire project he was really rapping I was surprised by the level of uh lyricism he was giving because I never said Travis can't rap but I, I never considered Travis a lyricist so the way he was rapping on this was was definitely um lyrical like his lyrical ability for this album was on on display for more of the album that i've ever heard from uh travis scott project usually he's like crooning which is like singing for me for people who can't sing like that's why i call it i call it crooning but anyways uh that's besides the point also thank god featuring kc i think that's how you say it that track was pretty solid let me see Ooh, what do you say? uh that track was pretty solid that wasn't like one of my favorites but and then modern jam that's when we got into the utopia feel. that's when I started to feel like okay well he's really he's really switching it up and at first I'm not gonna lie first listen makes you feel like this track is just atrocious and then after listening to it over and over and the concept of the album this is straight fire modern jam one of my favorite tracks of this uh album it's not in my top three it's probably top five maybe I don't know well, I just like the way he switches it up and then after you listen to the entire album over and over again, you appreciate Modern Jam because he gave you kind of what you wanted in rapping and singing and this was more of the experimentation that a lot of people have come to know about Travis. So Modern Jam was a very unique gem. I think you kind of have to listen to it over and over, not to program, but just to understand a lot of the production um, angles that he was taking. Modern Jam was straight fire to me. Featuring uh, Tizo. Touchdown, I don't know who that is. And then "My Eyes" by Travis Scott featured Bon Iver and Sampha. I don't know who Sampha is, but "My Eyes" is definitely uh, one of my favorite tracks off of the album. I don't know the beat switch from him singing to rapping. It, it reminded me of when Drake, um, Drake from "Take Care." how sometimes he will sing and then he'll just get into his rapping bag on the second half my eyes are like is like the perfect track when it comes to singing and rapping solely by travis scott because there's not too many solo tracks from travis scott i think there's like five on this 19 track album so yeah it's probably my favorite solo no it's not my favorite solo but as far as my eyes it's like top two yeah all right but as far as singing and rapping it's probably my favorite solo uh travis track uh track number five God's country i thought that was pretty solid i don't really have too much to say about god's country uh track number six sirens at first i also didn't like this track like i put a skip if you don't know if you listen to spotify you can hide the track and i hid it off of the album because i was like i'm not trying to listen to this and um because at the end, it gets very annoying. It's like this drop they play, and it's like over and over and over. And I can just picture Travis in the studio. Like, if you've never seen the meme from Travis Scott being at some type of club, and he, he was just slamming the laptop, like, just atrocious. I mean, not atrocious. Just like... um just very obnoxiously slamming the laptop like he was a little kid. That's what reminded me with his, the end of this track. Like he was just slamming that effects button over and over and over, and that stuff was annoying. Like, I'm not gonna lie. If, that's the reason why I really hid the track. But other than that, the tracks actually saw this. So after listening to it over and over and over, I just skip it when it gets to that part. Like, that's just, I don't know why he did that. Hopefully he takes that out because that's, that's very annoying. Because um, it leads right into the meltdown. And because the funniest thing about this is that Drake. At the end of this track he literally says he's like well the girl's like i thought we were going to utopia right that's the girl and then drake says what makes you say this isn't utopia and then the girl's like i mean i don't know isn't this supposed to be some perfect destination this is just your hotel room and then drake's like yeah it looks perfect to me and then after that to go to going to meltdown like you just gotta really appreciate the sequencing of this album because of course I don't know if y'all saw that that famous meme from academics when he first heard uh sicko mode but as far as grown men and how they should act let's just say that was a very interesting um reaction and how he reacted to Drake's voice off of sicko mode so from first listen travis scott has all the features so when drake came on sirens at the end because i was going to skip it i was honestly going to skip it but i was like no let me at least for the first time listen to you know it fully i'm glad i did because i heard the last part you know drake being drake being supremely hilarious and it leads right into meltdown now let me tell y'all something i'm i ain't heard drake rap this aggressive since this man put out back to back I'm not even being, I'm not even joking with you. Like the way that he was rapping on Meltdown, I believe that somebody told him, "Hey, about that Pusha T beef. Are you ever gonna return to that? Give that any energy? Kind of show them what's up and that you're not to play with." And Drake probably heard that and he was probably like, "You know what? I do. I I do got a score to settle with that dude." And this man was rapping, like. First listen as a Drake stand, I was saying to myself, Who is this? This can't be the Drake I know. This man singing about uh this man singing about falling in love with me on honestly never mind. This man singing with little baby, talking about girls want girls, talking about uh she says she a lesbian, I am too. So I'm under the impression, like, hey, Drake's just, you know, he's just flamboyant at this point, which ain't nothing wrong with that, you know. Each, you know, to each his own. Always, you know, respect people's decision and what they want to do with their life, with their bodies. So I was just like, okay, this is this the type of time we are. And I see Drake, you know, painting his nails, you know, showing his his face his face care routine as a grown man. Um, what else? Doing interviews with TikToker Bobby Alhath or however you say her name not even trying to be disrespectful i forget how to say it. her last name is kind of hard to say it's like al hoth al i can't i'm sorry my fault drake out here talking about you know uh embarrassing whenever on the uh the stream with yachty so i'm like you know at that point i'm just thinking drake he, at you know maybe a little flexible you know ain't nothing wrong with that it's just he's just letting us know so i'm like i'm appreciating him that you know i'm respecting him as a human being able to make his own decisions and then he comes on meltdown, and he rapping like he the newest member of G Unit. I didn't know if this was Drake or Fifty Cent. I was like, "Oh, this man wants this man wants beef," and that's a actual pun because I believe the beat, the sound of the beat, really reminds me of when Meek Mill redid the beat of what's beef and had jay-z on it i know y'all gonna think i'm crazy listen to so because of course like it's a notorious mass effect i know where it came from big the original what's beef um actually was it jay-z dang hold up i think get my hip-hop card taken give me one second i don't know if it was jay-z or, or biggie i think it was maybe jay-z I was just about to attribute it to Biggie. No, no, it was Biggie. Okay, I'm not going crazy. I get to keep my hip hop card, right? Maybe, hopefully. All right, my fault. My fault, y'all. So, What's Beef was the track made by Notorious B.I.G., right? On the album uh, Life After Death in 1997. And a lot of people sampled it or redid it. And uh, it's one of Biggie's best songs ever. And one of his most important diss tracks in just hip hop history. Like Biggie's a legend. Like there's a reason I I went with the name Notorious because I wanted a representation of a real hip hop musician. And Biggie is just one of the best, just storyteller. No, he is the best storyteller ever to touch a mic. That's besides the point. So what's beef beat is very similar to this one as I do believe that when Drake was talking about uh, what he was saying over Meltdown with this uh, beat sounding the way it did, I feel like it was a, a tribute to the West Beef beat by Notorious B.I.G. Y'all gonna think I'm crazy? Just listen to Meltdown at the beginning, listen to West Beef, and at the end of it, if you still tell me I'm crazy, then hey, I can sit with it. But uh, that's how I felt. So, and then also, so Drake gives his bars about you know, you talk to the cops on some therapists, you act like you love this American. Uh, And obviously he was addressing um, Gunner with the track. I mean, with the verse. Heard your new joint is embarrassing. You talked to the cops and some therapists. I thought that was strictly for Gunner. Then he said, you act like you love this American, but really the truth is you're scared of the six. I think that was a direct shot at uh, Childish Gambino, which is uh, Donald Glover, of course. And then your bodyguard put in some work on a fluke. Now you want to go and inherit. I think I think now he's specifically talking about Pusha T, right? And then he keeps going, right? He keeps going and getting into the, the meat and potatoes of this bar. My schedule is out. Come spend us for real. Forget all that spin in the narrative. I melt down the change that I bought from your boss. Give an expletive about all of that heritage. Since V not around, the members that hung up the Louis, they not even wearing it. Don't come to the boy about repairing. Don't come to the boy about sparing. You lucky that Vogue was suing because I would have been with the Wassas and Paris. Man, man, oh man. Let me tell you something. Drake was rapping like he had bills to pay on this track. I, don't, I ain't never heard that cadence from Drake. And uh, Drake has been in the game for what, 10 years at this point? 11 to 12 years at this point? I ain't never heard this man rap aggressively or more aggressively or as aggressively ever than I heard in uh, this track titled Meltdown. I don't know what got into him. I don't know if Pusha T is going to respond because if I have to explain it, Meltdown, the chains that I bought from your boss, is apparently a play off of Pusha and... um i thought kanye was his boss but maybe there was co-partners i don't know he he says your boss so i don't know who's the boss of who i don't know who's the boss of Pusha t or who's the boss of pharrell williams but anyways drake bought some chains that was notorious for the pharrell where it's like some controller type chain right he melted he melted down who knows if he actually melted it down for money but that's what he said and then he also said um since v not around who is um Virgil, Virgil I Blow, who was like the I forget what he did. That's so disrespectful. I totally forget. Virgil created Louis. Did he create Louis? He created something. I think it was Louis Baton. And then um Since Virgil Blow passed away, I think Pharrell took up the mantle of like the creative of uh, creative lead or whatever. So Drake, of course, is in another shot of Pharrell talking about we not even wearing that stuff no more. So basically disowning Louis because you know I think Pharrell took over. And then, of course, the repairing and sparing is the stuff that Pusha T, you know, they probably asked him time and time again, since he, quote unquote, repaired with Kanye, are you going to repair with Pusha T? And guess what he probably told him? He was like, definitely no, I'm not repairing anything. In fact, I got this track coming out called, I got this verse coming out on Meltdown, and I can't wait till he hears it. And best believe you, I'm pretty sure Pusha T heard that. And... I believe he's gonna send shots back but maybe just on his own time yeah you, know, you know like his album like the way that Pusha T kind of ethered Drake into bringing out his son also talking about his producer being extremely sick like he really went to a level that I just don't think Drake can ever match ever in life Drake say he had a diss track for Pusha but somebody told him to not put it out I don't like I just think that man lost the beef and not lyrically but I think beef is all about exposing one another and Pusha T defin I mean I don't think having a child is that big of a deal. But when you're Drake, it just seemed like the most flagrant thing he ever did in life. Like, God forbid a celebrity wants to raise the child in peace and not just wants to have him on the internet 24 7. But the way they push a frame then, he was hiding it. Like the world just blew up. And that and from since then, I don't think Drake has ever recovered. I think he's still trying to get his get back on a... Uh, push up so anyways also meltdown uh if you want to hear the little Star Wars sample which made me like this track even like 10 times more because once I figured that out I was like ain't no way I listened back to it and you have to listen to um let me see when does he say whenever you say whenever he's saying like are you crazy are you crazy like going through that chorus listen to the end of that chorus and then like because the transition between the chorus to the verse is a Star Wars like ship sound when they're shooting the little lasers or beams or whatever it's like it's so fire like for travis got the sample star wars which i just think has some of the best sound effects ever created in just history and have it seamlessly may uh integrated into the beat that's sh- that stuff is just i'm not gonna lie that's top tier so made me like that track even more like honestly i I listened to the drake verse and i just skipped to my other favorite song but now i can listen to the entire track because the production really makes you appreciate this album even more like even if you're just not a fan of travis like listening to the album it's just really it's really leaps and bounds above anything we've heard in in a while so track number four (laughs) not track number four my fault i can't count track number eight so this is the fan favorite Fiend by Playboy Cardi and Sheikh West. I like the track, but it's not my favorite. Like the um, public enjoys it. Like the public perception is like, oh, this is this is like our fan favorite. Like obviously, no, it is a fan favorite favorite, like objectively speaking. But personally, I just it's not my favorite track. I think it's fire, obviously, but I just it's just not one of my favorite tracks. So that's all I have to say about it. The way that Playboy and Travis Scott made this track i think it's like they went for a certain sound and they just achieved it and that's all i really have to say about it it's a very very solid track all right let's get into track number nine which is my favorite track off of utopia some of y'all may be uh surprised by this fact but i don't even know how you say this del resto and echoes in parentheses by beyonce and travis scott is my favorite track off of this entire album i don't know why production wise vocals from beyonce vocals and rapping also from uh travis scott well i know i think travis scott was mostly singing but i think he starts rapping at the end i don't know I forget but anyways my favorite track off of this album is by far del resto because i just feel like when i think of a favorite track as a whole it has to be played in multiple scenarios like i can't only play one track in one mood or setting and then be like oh okay well now it's my favorite track like my favorite tracks usually you're able to play at the gym able to play maybe with your parents or something you're able to play when you're reading when you're watching t- like when you're just chilling like it's just a lot of different moods and settings that this that your favorite song has to fit for me personally i don't know how other people decide their favorite songs but that's how i am so this is one of my favorite tracks of just 2023 and general and also it's my favorite track off utopia now track number 10 i know this is also one of my favorite tracks it's probably top three for me i know for me has a really nice tempo and i think this is probably my third favorite track off the album i think that the way that travis is singing on this track and the tempo that he's going with and the way that he's rapping flows in a way that's just very infectious and makes me feel like I need to keep replaying this beat over and over and over and the chorus always replays in my head i don't know what it is about travis scott and choruses but that stuff be replaying in my head and it's like different choruses from the entire album and um i know it's one of the best singing tracks for me from drake so track number 11 topia uh topia twins uh 21 savage and, and Rod 49 not gonna lie to you first listen i thought that was young boy i don't know why i thought that was young boy but i really did so i think they could have done without Rod 49 and just kept 21 Savage and had Travis just give a second verse or whatever but Topia Twins was still fire I thought the I thought Rob 49 you know jokes set aside I think he had a solid showing but I do believe at the end of the day they could have deal without his uh feature all right track number 12 Circus Maximus I think this is the best track production wise off of the album. I think Sway Lee, The Weeknd with Travis Scott, with this level of production, should have made it like into my top three as far as the album is, album is concerned. But I think the production heavily carries this track. And that's surprising with the likes of Sway Lee, The Weeknd, and Travis all on one single track. But the production is just that much of a just... It's just like a masterclass on how to produce tracks because Circus Maximus has so much going on, but it makes so much sense. It's like the best produced track that I've heard in a while. So that, you're going to hear that a lot. Like throughout the al- album, I was just like, okay, Travis Scott is just like, you ever know, like to get into the sports field, you ever know somebody so talented that everybody just puts up with some of his antics off the court. That's how Travis is, man. Like, cause when he gets into that studio, it's really not too many that can mess with him quality wise because Circus Maximus, the production on that is just a masterclass. And that's all I gotta say. All right, track number 13, Paracel featuring Young Lean. I didn't even know Young Lean was on this uh, track, I don't even know who that is. So Young Lean just sounds like something that is just not PG at all. But, um, I like it. I like the intro of it. It's like somebody talking, I believe. And then Travis comes on singing. I like the vibe. Solid track. I don't have too much to say about that. Track number 14, Schizo, featuring Young Thug Now, this is the one. This is the one I wanted to get to because this is probably my top five favorite track. Hopefully, I'm not running out of. It. Yeah, I think it's my top five. Schizo is um the best beat I can't say best beat because that's like production it's the best hip-hop centric beat for me on this entire album not I'm not gonna say it's not experimenting at all but as far as like hip-hop elements I feel like this is the most infused into the album with Schizo. like Schizo is just straight up hard 808s Travis rapping over kind of like I know track number 10 I know he raps in a certain pattern that's very infectious and makes you want to like keep replaying the track like schizo from beat the hip-hop elements the 808s from Young thug coming on like it's just a very very hard track like like that's the descriptive word i would use just straight up hard like schizo beat is very very hard all right track number 15 lost forever james blake and west side Gun i didn't really hear james blake on this track maybe i'm tripping maybe i need my ears checked or i just need to listen to the track again i heard west side gun i honestly had no idea he sounded like that i thought he was gonna get some like griselda type of sound but west side gun has a higher pitch voice kind of i'm not even trying to be funny but i just thought he was, gonna, he was gonna get some like i don't know some like joe budden-esque type of bass in his voice but it wasn't really present but still he gave a great a phenomenal verse i was just focused on the the sonics for some reason and the inflection which is interesting anyways that track was solid track number 16 love featuring kid cutty one of my lower tier tracks off of the album i still think it's solid but as far as travis and kid cutty i feel like they could do a lot better together but it's, a, it's an okay track and it's not bad it's just i feel like i expect more from travis and kid Cudi, especially with travis scott literally picking up the name scott because um let me see what's his full name let me see so basically the reason that Travis Scott is even called that Travis like some made up name I believe and Scott is based off of Kid Cudi's real name uh Scott Raymond Seguro, whatever yeah so first name of Kid Cudi is Scott and which is why you know Travis Scott's literally called that so um with the inspiration such as this I don't know if he was nervous or whatever I still think the track was solid I feel like he, they just could have did a lot more anyways that leads into the track number 17 k-pop with um the avengers lineup travis scott bad bunny in the weekend for me i think this track is fire i still to this day be playing there like when the weekend said you my bad little mommy mommy and he like it was like, i ain't gonna lie that was fire like the way that the weekend went off i don't know maybe i'm a little biased because i've listened to the entire idol soundtrack and he was just completely killing it from Double fantasy to popular to false idols. That when I got to K pop, I, I still had that sound in my head. So when he came on, it was like I was used to that sound. So he was like giving it in a way that um I re- pause, but no, I, I just liked it. So yeah, I like the track. <laughs> That's all. And Bad Bunny, I think, had a phenomenal verse. Like, even though you can't, well, for most Americans, you can't tell what he's saying, he was flowing and it sounded nice like that's all i need sonically for people i don't understand as far as uh, the language sonically you just got to sound nice and you got to be flowing with the beat and he did both of those things so i don't know kind of reminded me of when uh, it's gonna be a random comparison but the track was six nine and kodak and the uh, spanish rapper kind of reminds me of that like after six nine and kodak goes i still keep the song going because the spanish rapper she's just going crazy over that beat and let me tell you i have i can't make out one word that she says but she just I know she's saying something because she's flowing in Spanish and that's how Bad Bunny was on k-pop so anyways the song the song was called like Laka." if you want to listen to the 6 9 and Kodak track and yes they do have a track together <laughs> um track number 18 telekinesis Future and scissor. I may need a collab album I know I I know what Travis Scott was trying to do Future and Scissor, the king of toxicity, the queen of toxicity being on one track titled Telekinesis. Nah, you got to get a Grammy for that one. Only Travis Scott could recognize the toxicity of both of those artists' content and put them together. So I just, like, I believe Future and Scissor have a lot of tracks together. Actually, let me look it up now because I don't want to just be saying stuff. Like, let me see how many tracks they got together. But. Future and Scissor, like, I just, I really need a collab album. I need to see who can out toxicity who. Like, who can out toxic who. Okay, so DJ Khaled said it, which is funny because I literally compared the album to DJ Khaled. So DJ Khaled did it, and that was it. That was literally it. So only DJ Khaled and Travis Scott was able to pull off a Future and Scissor collab. I need an album. I'm going to keep saying that. Like, that album would be well-received in a way that I don't even think either artist understands. So, with that being said, the way that Travis Scott came on this track, it was okay. It was just like, I was really just waiting for Future and Scissor. So, I don't really blame him too much. It's just, when you get a collab like this that's so sparse and, and, uh and consistency in how it happens, I just believe that people are going to focus on that collab more. It's kind of like the whole K-pop situation. You have Bad Bunny and the Weekend on the same track. I'm sorry, but as far as popularity, both artists are way more popular than you, and they're going to listen to those two artists uh, to see how they mesh more than how you mesh with them. That's just how I am. So Telekinesis, um, while it's not my favorite, it's very high up there. Maybe top 10. Um, Yeah. That track is just phenomenal. And since it comes out of nowhere, which is another reason why I really enjoy how Travis Scott didn't list any features for this album, because the way that these artists come out of nowhere and how it just fits seamlessly into the track, like I said, Travis Scott, at this point, his discography is uh, one of the greatest ever. And at this point, you can just call him a musical genius, which is why I think a lot of people are the stuff off the, you know how you say, off the court, out of the studio slide with uh, Travis Scott. Anyways uh till further notice featuring 21 savage and james blake that's kind of what i was uh, referring to when i started off this review like uh where will you go now now that you're done with me like where will you go now that you're done with me that's a that's an interesting phrase coming from travis scott on an outro because it's kind of letting fans know i'm one of the best musicians y'all got and so if y'all want to go somewhere because I don't know how to act in concerts and I don't know how to act as a human being, then y'all let me know because you ain't gonna find nobody like me. And that's kind of what I got from this last track is that he was repeating, cause he repeated this over and over again. And I don't think it was like in a, oh, the the album's over. I think it was like more of a, um, a bird's eye view of the landscape of music. Like you, I don't know. Personally, I've never heard a production this sonically amazing since probably Astro World and Donda and Metro. Uh, But it's very few. Like, there's a lot of music that drops in hip hop. So when I'm naming these albums, these are like the top of the top. But as far as the top, like the cream of the crop, I think it's probably Kanye and and Travis. As far as albums that sonically consistently, they're just different. So, because he says it over and over, where will you go now? now that you're done with me and they say it over and over and then this is very interesting you should be done with me i don't blame you you should be done i think that's very interesting because of the whole astral world situation and everything i know a lot of people are probably like they're probably not even talking about that i'd be hard pressed to think that an outro is not talking about the astral world situation when they're literally saying where will you go now that you're done with me like it's like saying I Don't Blame You is interesting because who would blame somebody for not being a fan of an artist after the history comes out of them inciting riots leading up to the whole asteroid disaster? Like, you know, so I feel like this whole intro is introspective for Travis, and I'm interested um, that he even included it. Of course, if you ask him, he's probably going to be like, ah, you know, I just put that, like, Travis Scott, I don't think could ever just straight up admit fault for the Astral World situation because he's being sued left and right but in uh in a in about way he can come out and say he was sorry so um but he could have definitely gained more conviction than he did in his last uh the last time he actually apologized for Astral world which was like only one time like as far as live face um well as far as like a video of his face it was like one time he had his hand over his face looked like he didn't want to be there he was like yeah and I can't believe that situation happened. And that was it. Like, what? Like, what type of apology is that? So, yeah, I was really... A, you know, I'm still upset over the, the, his handling of the situation. But anyways, seems like a lot of fans are Because you, you see the sales getting back into the, uh, you know, pulling this full circle. You see the sales right here. Analytic Dreams video, shameless plug on Spotify. You see the streams right here. 245000 to 275000 first week. Um... Including bundles, uh, extra 200,000. So he's probably going to do around 500,000 first week, including bundles. Uh, without bundles, he may do around 300,000. So it's interesting. Interesting indeed how people forget. What else I want to get into? That was basically it. So my top five, let me just get my top five now that I've reviewed the whole track list. So, one, I would say my favorite track is the one with Beyonce. So I would say Del Resto Echoes. That's my favorite track. My second favorite track will have to be Meltdown featuring Drake. My third favorite track will have to be probably K-pop. My fourth favorite track will be, let me see. Hmm. probably schizo with young thug and then my fifth favorite track hmm. probably i know with a question mark so at that top five only what one of those tracks was a solo track from travis which I condemn, pro- no, not condemn. I don't put producers on my top projects of 2023, so you won't see any Metro on my top five albums. But you will see them in the top ten songs. But the reason I do that is because it's so easy to pull artists together and just have them give their best best performance. But because of the production being so leaps and bounds ab- above any production I've heard from any other hip hop album in the past. No, because Donda did pretty well. But since Donda, no album has even come close production-wise. Even Drake, like. Drake's not really about the huge left field experimentation experimental production he's more just about hard beats and lyricism that's it so production wise never heard like nothing like this since Donda and that let me excuse most of the features because technically he has solo tracks on here because that's another thing why I don't put producer projects on my top five list is because you're not rapping you're letting other people do the work for you which I guess you know a lot of producers would condemn that phrasing because they do a lot of work behind the scenes with the beat but at the end of the day I want to judge artists based on what they're producing as far as lyrics and production for Travis Scott he does both on a master class level like I think there's a reason why he's still around and people haven't given up on him because this man music wise it's just out of this world it's just personally he has a lot and a lot of things to clear up and um let's see if he does because i honestly think he does not care he put out a music video accompanying this album basically saying i know y'all want me to talk about the World situation but i want to talk about something else and then literally just switched to whatever the, mu- the movie was about i'm like oh this man don't care like he don't care don't care like he just blatantly don't care so interesting to see how people receive that compared to how gunna is treated in hip-hop being that he quote-unquote snitched on young thug he can't seem to get no a-list features and producers because a lot of people are boycotting him because of young thug or the allegiance to young thug but the whole travis scott Astroworld world situation can happen and nobody even bats an eye beyonce drake the weekend on here twice 21 savage on here twice james blake on here like nobody nobody cares so interesting anyways after my travis Scott utopia review click my link tree in my bio and let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about my review as a whole what do you think i would have touched on as far as uh the album or just extra information and also if you've listened to the album what is your favorite track history lesson for all my playstation players out there what they say sony ponies i don't really like that whole nickname because i would not consider myself a pony but i would consider myself somebody who at the moment currently is attributed to the sony or team sony simply because spider-man is exclusive to playstation don't get it messed up if spider-man was exclusive to any other platform that's where i would be but currently i am a playstation well team playstation as this news just hit the well not just like recently but it just hit the net and a lot of people are interested because if you don't know playstation had a interesting handheld device back in the day now what is that you might ask even though i definitely can't hear you what i'm talking through right now but you know you you get what i'm saying right you know a little back and forth dialogue the ps vita is what i'm talking about referring to and a lot of people don't know about ps vita just know it came out in 2011 i believe yeah and it peaked in popularity in 2012 selling around 4 million worldwide and uh yeah as far as sales so worldwide sales it was around 4 million in 2012 and it just went downhill from there a lot of people was like why in the world would playstation retire the vita when it was ahead of its time right well just like nba street just like any nfl street game you can imagine the reason was simply nobody was buying it and by nobody obviously i'm not being literal but as far as the popular demand compared to other handheld consoles such as the nintendo ds and the nintendo 3ds PS Vita sold around 16 million u- units worldwide as far as the lifespan, while the Nintendo DS has sold over 154 million units, and the Nintendo DS has sold over 75 million units. So you look at that, and you let me know why they're not making PS Vita no more. I feel like this is the prime example of consumers not knowing what they want because they ask for something and they don't buy it. They ask for the PS Vita, they go to the store and they rather get a Nintendo DS. They ask for the PS Vita, they go to the store and they rather get a Nintendo 3DS. Obviously, when it comes to handhelds, Nintendo has had a stronghold over that certain community, but despite the PS Vita's lack of success, it's still a very popular console amongst. Some gamers, so I would consider it a very niche if that's even a word when you sell worldwide, you know. But, anyways, a very niche audience when it comes to people who enjoy the PS Vita. Because, obviously, compared to the Nintendo DS, Nintendo 3DS, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy, it wasn't even coming close as far as sales. I mean getting up to 154 worldwide sales in the millions for nintendo and that being the highest and the lowest being in the 75 million range for the nintendo 3ds playstation vita sold and even though it was a lot respectively compared to this a whopping 16 million compared to 75 million which was nintendo's lowest sales in its handheld consoles so playstation was never competing in the handheld market when it comes to Nintendo. But why do I bring that up? Because PlayStation is coming back once again with a new handheld called Project Q that has apparently leaked, and a lot of people are excited for it. The same people who was excited for the PS Vita and ended up not buying it instead going with the Nintendo 3DS. Now and the modern day and age is probably going to be a nintendo switch instead of project q because what i'm my my thinking is playstation does so well with consoles right they've already conquered the conquered <laughs> they already conquered the uh console race with xbox even coming out saying like yeah playstation got it but years down the road because we just bought activision we gonna even the eyes. so right now sony is just buying foreign like they just ran away with the console race. So they've won it, right? In, in far as sales, like objective facts. Currently, Sony is trying to get into the handheld console space now that they've console con- uh, conquered the console. It's such a tongue twister. But I think they only get into the handheld because of the large gap in the console race. They're like, all right, let's try to go after Nintendo now that we already kind of beat out for uh, Microsoft for now. But that's besides the point so sony announced they're working on a new handheld console they didn't provide any details on it however a video leak showcasing what appeared to be a prototype of the console and here it is right now shameless plug analytic dreams video if you want to watch it alongside me or us and um, here's the video right here as you can see um obviously you got some type of screen protect over it um i think you'll probably have to take that off or whatever is why it looks so like bubbly or whatever it's a prototype so this is how it looks but it's not exactly the final product so you know it could end up changing the tablet could be smaller you could use your own phone the tablet i don't know how it's going to end up working but as you see you see the back that's pretty cool i'm not gonna lie to somebody else they would be like what in the world do you have in your hands but for gamers on the flight if you can play like actual console games on this which you know it's a stretch it's probably not gonna happen i mean you see how big the ps5 is so anyways you probably only be able to play like very rendered down like mobile not not mobile but console games if that's even a thing like mobile versions of games are probably just going to come back with this um i don't in no world do i think this will actually be able to run console games but it does look like it'll be able to run mobile games to a point where it'll be pretty entertaining like imagine playing apex legends mobile on this my point exactly so anyways um yeah man that's all i gotta say about the leak um the video of course showed the console's controller had a touchpad two analog sticks i'm thinking the touchpad may be replaceable i don't know maybe it can extend or 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 contract with whatever tablet you have we'll see if that's the actual tablet that comes with it uh sony has not confirmed the video of course because it's a leak and it's possible that the video is real also possible that it could be fake it could be all made up (laughs) but anyways if it's if it's real we just got our first look at the project q upcoming console handheld console for sony and it'd be interested to do it'd be interested to see what sony does with project q because releasing it and the same time span that nintendo is looking to re-release an upgraded version of the switch is a competition that i don't know if sony's ready for as we've seen over time their handheld was blown out of the water and in, in worldwide sales when it came to nintendo's handhelds so as far as a console a handheld console race i don't know if they want that smoke with Nintendo, but in other words for gamers who love playing mobile games i think this is just a perfect console like as far as the controller they finally just straight up copy the xbox controller i'm so glad they did that because the playstation console was just so skinny i'm like bro, how am i supposed to f-? like? My hands was almost touching. I'm like, bro, I can't, like, I need a bigger, beefy controller. Like, Xbox controllers are just perfect. I'm like, just please just copy that. And they finally kind of deal with the new controller. So for the handheld to be going off of the newest controller model, I think it's just perfect. But anyways, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Just wanted to uh, bring this to y'all attention. We'll see what happens in the future. So anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about this whole PlayStation upcoming Project Q handheld device? And in the grand scheme of things, do you think this will actually end up competing with the latest version of the Nintendo Switch? Seems like little Timmy will be getting that upgraded console. Just in time for the Christmas season in 2024, as PlayStation is reportedly, according to Tom Henderson of Insider Gaming, aiming for a November 2024 release date and is codenamed Project Trinity. The report also claims that PS5 Pro will have a more powerful GPU and RAM than the current PS5, which will allow to play games at higher resolution and frame rates also reminder this is just a rumor so i'll take all this information with a grain of salt because sony has not yet confirmed anything about the ps5 pro however henderson is definitely a pretty um reputable and credible source in the gaming industry because i would say that a lot of these reports will probably end up being true as a handheld is being worked on, an upgraded PlayStation console will be is being worked on, even though PlayStation 5, even Xbox uh, Series X and S, to be fair, had trouble getting out to the masses simply because of the chip shortage also due to the pandemic. I know a lot of people love to blame the pandemic, but... I don't think y'all understand the world has never went to shut down like it did like that uh like it did when the pandemic happened before so there was a lot of repercussions because of that and, and one thing was the uh the chip shortage was uh a, re- a response to uh the chip shortage was because the manufacturers had like shut down and they wasn't it wasn't really running at its full potential um anyways so with that being explained the ps5 pro should be released in 2024 in November. And while the PS5 is also a very powerful console, it's very huge. That's one thing that stood out to me. Like why is the PS5 so big? Like I don't understand. Like it it honestly looks like a computer um what's it called? A is it a router? I don't know if it's a router. The thing the main thing for the computer. Oh no I've never even had like a whole computer setup i forget what it's called but anyways you know you have your 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 main like computer rig, uh rig where you put the gpu and, and ram and all that stuff into you. you can like interchange your parts that's what i'm talking about so that little console are well, not little that console is like the same size as like a PS5 in my opinion. Like obviously a PS5 is smaller. I'm being a little dramatic, but it's just humongous. It's the biggest PlayStation console I think I've ever owned. So I was definitely thinking it was gonna go with the PS5 Slim rather than a whole new upgraded PS5. But we'll have to see when it what ends up coming about because um, 8K performance mode is said to be included, which I just I don't believe that at all. Seeing is believing for me, and even with that. Seeing as believing is interesting because you literally need to pay like thousands of dollars for AK TV. Like, if your TV can't even run AK, like, what's the point of including that information in there, anyways? Improved frame rates per second, of course. Uh, better frame rate stability performance at 4K resolution. Uh, 18,000 MT, I don't even know what that means. Slash memory. Uh, 30 work group processor. there's a lot of nerd talk, about just throwing it out there in case y'all, uh, Gravitate towards it. Majority of studios will receive development kits by late November 2023. So, also, that's an accelerated rage tr- tracing. I don't know if I did or not, but anyways, I just said it. So, PS5 Pro is said to be uh, coming out soon, along with the PS5 Slim, I believe. I think I saw another report that said the Slim was also coming out, but also, this could all be false. I could just be making stuff up, you know what I mean? But hey, over time i think the track record especially when you get to tom i feel like the track record is pretty solid like this is probably going to happen it's almost like when um woge tweets about something in the nba like you're like oh okay well this is definitely gonna happen now Woj treated about it so anyways uh ps5 pro what do y'all think about it for me i'm not gonna lie if they come out with an upgraded playstation i'm probably buying it because it, it can be bigger than this there's no way there's just no way like this is a humongous playstation console like i don't know if this is normal like obviously it's more upgraded but isn't it as time goes on stuff is supposed to get smaller like more powerful while also being smaller isn't that how the evolution of technology been it just seems like the playstation 5 being so huge is just like a it's like a a step back you know hey maybe i'm just making stuff up So anyways, click my link here in my bio and let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the whole PS5 Pro reportedly aiming to come out November 24th? And also, if the upgraded console comes out along with the PS5 Slim, which one will you end up buying? As a gaming enthusiast such as myself, let me tell you something. The hardest I've ever sweat on a game, I mean like physically sweat. Like, it's not just a term they throw at gamers, and it just came from a made-up place. It's a real thing whenever playing video games, because I don't know about you. When you really get into a game and get into the intense back-and-forth of combat, more specifically, multiplayer, it comes to a point where you may start sweating profusely. Now, I know people who are not gamers may hear that and be like, what is wrong with y'all? but let me tell you the enjoyment level is to such a high level for some games that it totally is just an enjoyment of that doesn't even make sense give me one second so basically what i'm trying to say is when you sweat at a game the enjoyment factor is so high that you literally don't care (laughs) like literally that's it like that's why they make all the type all the jokes about gamers sweating and everything and being such a sweat and because it's a real thing like you may start sweating when you playing video games it just happens man it's, it's kind of like sports you know i used to play sports so i can speak to it you know you sweat when you play sports you sweat when you try hard at the game same thing different concepts one's more respected than the others t- in terms of the cool factor but you know in each respective industry you see the dollars coming about and everybody are uh, suddenly more into gaming now but you know that's besides point. So, anyways. What's not precise. <laughs> sorry, what's not precise. the point is that we're getting into Mortal Kombat 1, which is releasing um when is when is when is this game game coming out? Uh it is releasing let me just look at the actual site. This game is releasing I don't know when this game comes out. Uh, let me see. Comes out sometime in September, October. I'm sorry. I should probably know this. I should definitely know this. All right, Mortal Kombat comes out. I'm actually on the actual. I'm like I'm. On, I'm on the official site. I still don't know when it comes out. That's great. That's fantastic. Anyway, it's, it's gonna tell us at the end of this trailer, hopefully. But the reason why I want to go through this uh, trailer, also, shameless plug, Analytic Dreams video to watch alongside as I talk about this trailer, but um, it's because... I don't know about y'all, but Omni-Man being in this game from Invincible is probably my most... is probably the most interesting fact for me because, of course, when I talked about sweating at the beginning of the segment, it wasn't just a random tidbit or a random fact I was just throwing out there I believe that the hardest... Well, no, I know the hardest I've ever sweated on on a game is Mortal Kombat X. I think, in general, that's the game that's the best multiplayer that's the best I've ever been at a multiplayer game so it got to the point where I was taking those matches like extremely extremely serious like I was if there was like tournaments local tournaments I could have joined I would have did it because in general I really enjoyed Mortal Kombat X in a way that I don't think I've ever enjoyed a multiplayer game in my life like it was just one of those type of experiences where I was like wow I'm a real sweat like I'm pulling combos I'm I'm watching the actual sporting events um well the esport events I'm actually watching people compete taking i well, not taking notes but you know just taking mental notes like trying to up my game I'm like man I gotta I gotta get nice because this is like I ended up playing like friends for money for Mortal Kombat X of course I won all of them that's why I was like I was really really nice in Mortal Kombat X it was like one of those where I was like dang I should, I should probably join a tournament. Like, as far as rank, I was I was ranked, like, pretty high in the game. It was just one of those where I was just really good at the game. And I'm not even just saying that. It's just one of those where you, you ever know a game that you're really good at and you're just unapologetic about it? Like, that's just how it was in MKX. It was just like, man, like, forget playing one-on-one in basketball for money. I, I could. It was, like, the same level for me in MKX playing the one-on-one in Mortal Kombat. I know some people out there probably like, man, you ain't nice at basketball. <laughs> all, all I got to say is, you know what I mean, just, you know, find me in person and, you know find out what they what's the little the little chart say when they say mess around and find out on no, the basketball court or mkx that stuff was i was undefeated but anyways that's you know hey enough bragging let's <laughs> let's get into the actual game because of course Mortal Kombat 1 is from NetherRealm Studios um it's giving us a plethora of just uh fighting game classics I think as far as the public perception, the fa- the most favorited Mortal Kombat game I think will have to be Mortal Kombat Nine from a public perception standpoint because a lot of people attribute Mortal Kombat Nine to be the epitome of Mortal Kombat and what led to a, um Injustice, Injustice Two. As far as like the the way they finally got the me- the fighting mechanics to the the look of the game, they really just it, it, it sort of all came together in Mortal Kombat Nine because I know a lot of people look at the Mortal Kombat versus uh, DC game and they're like, "Man, this game is not good." For most people, it's including myself, I mean, not most, but for some people, like they really enjoy the game, like myself. Like I really enjoy playing Mortal Kombat versus DC, but I do agree with everybody who says that they significantly improved on the fighting mechanics. Mortal Kombat uh, from Mortal Kombat Nine. um uh, on so they really improved on it Mortal Kombat 1 it seemed to be like more of a rendition of Mortal Kombat 11 and as far as like how slow the characters move but in general I think it still would be a great game I didn't play Mortal Kombat 11 as much as I played MKX I think it's just because that came out in the time where I was playing basketball so like you know that doesn't really match up with trying to be competitive at a fighting game like you really have to put time into fighting game and if you drop it off if you drop off come back you may, you may not be the same so for me I didn't play Mortal Kombat 11 as much as I did MKX, but when Mortal Kombat 1 comes out, I'm gonna be right back on this. So, anyways, let's get into this trailer. I don't know if we're gonna watch the whole thing, maybe, maybe not. I'm gonna try to see how loud this is. Hopefully, it's not too loud. it seems alright. <laughs> Yo, alright. So. <laughs> So RDC World, who just, you know, shout out to them. They just ran the DreamCon convention, which just had, like, around 20,000 people from previously 6,000 people. Going from 6,000 to 20,000, tremendous accomplishment in itself. A lot of people is giving it flack for some of the uh, organization aspects uh, as far as it not being organized. But when you go from 6,000 to 20,000 to any type of event, there's going to be, like, hiccups. So a lot of people are try- talking about, well, not a lot. Some people, a few people are talking about, like, cancel DreamCon. I don't even know why they're saying that because, you know for something built for us as far as like black people in the level that's getting to you kind of have to give it some leeway and some grace as far as like getting better you can't just be like oh cancel it because it wasn't as organized as you would hope from what i've heard a lot of people have fun it's just they have to change some things for it to be more organized for people to enjoy the benefits that they pay for so that's why i'm leaving it at basically i brought that up because when watching the rdc world stream they fought they uh they covered this trailer right and the way that desmond said um Gadi, had me rolling i don't know why but he he said like "Umagami." <laughs> that, if you look at the the top left well shameless plug analytic dreams video version spotify exclusive um video version right obviously <laughs> obviously it says <laughs> i'm sorry obviously it says um Gadi. But he said Umagabi in such a way he was like even Mark was like, bro, are you stupid? Like he broke. That's not how you pronounce it. It was just so it was just so funny. And it's just a plethora of those moments throughout RDC world streams. But that, okay, that's sorry, I just had to get that out there. Alright, so let's get into the Umagabi trailer.
0: Selected from the firstborn daughters world.
2: I think y'all can hear it. Hold oh, on, let me turn it up a little bit more. I don't wanna make it too loud for y'all
0: royal family i will prevail earth realmer
2: so i think that's Um umgadi i think that's actually the Um umgadi trailer uh character a lot of people don't like uh raiden's look right here which i can kind of understand but i don't know you know i'm gonna be so cheesy in this game i'm i don't know how cheesy it's gonna be because i obviously ain't played it but just from looking at it i'm going to try and run a a double sub-zero like I'm going to try to do that as my main because I feel like throwing out ice clones while also having a cameo fighter like Sub-Zero, like just throwing out freeze attacks over and over and over again. Like it just throws me back to the MKX days because I know Mortal Kombat 11 didn't really use the ice clone. Like I would have preferred them to do like an MKX and in Injustice 2. They used the ice clone perfectly. I don't know why they went away from it. That was my favorite move in Mortal Kombat. I, I was hitting people with that. Like, oh, like that was honestly my best. I was more of like a defensive fighter in MKX. I know it's like nerd talk, but I'm sorry. You have to bear with me. We're, we're covering Mortal Kombat. So the, for, for the ice clone to be so prevalent in this game, just makes me feel like it's gonna be my favorite in Mortal Kombat. Cause the ice clone is like my favorite move in Mortal Kombat history. Like, you know how people feel about the whole scorpion throwing out his spear and then yelling out, get over here. Like that's how I feel about Sub-Zero's ice clone. So I'm so excited to see the use of this ice clone in this game. But anyways, let's get back into the trailer.
0: It was on her watch that the princess's father was murdered.
2: Also, if you're a little kid, you may have to cover your eyes because there's a lot of graphic imagery right now.
0: Surrender if you wish to remain unharmed. Let us pass, Tanya. The Empress Center family are in danger. Are you so easily taken in by lies?
2: And then they got Tanya in the game. And even with Tanya, like, they got a lot of face um, actors. Like, to, It's almost like people are actors nowadays in video games. The graphics have got to a point where the people doing mocap and the, the, um, the voice acting is almost actors at this point especially in the fighting game scenes
0: are you unwell like
2: this this is like a scene out of a movie like people are actually acting with mocap all over them
0: for you to hold the throne we must keep your secret with Liu king's help maybe they'll find a cure if he could have helped he would have done so
2: i do like how they're attributing molina's mouth to uh a ter- um i don't know how to call them but basically the baraka disease with the mouth of the Br- baraka people like i like how they're attributing that to melina's mouth Is
1: our only release
2: we're gonna skip baraka because i don't really care much about that
0: i am still umgadi i won't
2: All right so that's why the. Oh, that's why it's called umgadi trailer because it's because of this uh, person right here
0: in my heart, I am... so
2: this this is what the whole trailer is about so we're not gonna focus too much on that i have a lot to get into with this trailer or which is with more Kombat in general so of course let's see when it actually comes out does it not give us a release date it literally just says pre ordered to get Shang son. okay I don't don't know when Mortal Kombat comes out hopefully we can find it throughout the these uh different tidbits but uh because I had the Twitter account pulled up as you can see right here but I just I don't see where the actual release date is anyways that's the point oh okay so another shameless plug Invincible Adam Eve is out currently and it was straight fire. I'm not gonna lie. As far as the origin story and animation for superhero, like I don't know who is the writers for this. I mean, obviously it's on Amazon Prime as you see right here, but I don't know who writes, produces the show. But all I'm, all I gotta say is there's a reason why actors and writers going on strike because this is just straight fire. Like they probably like, man, we gotta get paid because y'all, y'all not gonna keep making this money off of us and we not get paid. So this is straight fire. This Invincible Adam Eve origin episode straight heat obviously for like little kids it's a little graphic. So I don't know if your parents want you to watch it but it's I mean as far as graphic I'm talking about like violence and stuff and fighting nothing else but uh yeah it's kind of it's kind of graphic honestly and then so the reason I say that because she's from Invincible if you don't know uh let me see if I can find it oh yeah right here when I first saw this I was like, nah, Mortal Kombat going crazy. Like, watch this, look at this combat reveal. Like, this this trailer for a combat pack is insane. First off, that's the best that's the best version, best rendered version of Omni Man I've seen in a while. Like, obviously, we've only seen them in animation and the comic books. As far as like video game adaptation and even real life, like these graphics are amazing. Mortal Kombat from 11 on, their graphics has been like completely on point. Like everybody's like, oh, look at MKX and they're like their graphics compared to now. And it kind of makes sense because it was like MKX was so dark and everything. And this is more lively as far as like colors and the contrast. But as you see right here, we have Omni Man and then that's just hard. That's just a hard transition. Now, obviously, they showcase them in the order that they're going to be released. Omni Man is the first DLC character for Mortal Kombat. And then uh you saw i think it was peacemaker let's see okay so we get omniman first then we're going to get uh urmac which a lot of people was killing his design i just think he needs a mask i don't think it's that serious then you have peacemaker which i don't care too i don't, I don't care too much for peacemaker i never even watched the series then you have uh Quan chi so he's going to be the fourth person to come from the combat pack and then you have taquita and then of course you have homelander so in general i'm excited for omni-man i'm so glad he's the first one because i just think anticipation You know the um combination of omni-man out of the animation series invincible which if you haven't seen invincible let me tell you right now you are definitely missing out probably if you have okay so Homely, homeland homelander is from the boys which is another amazon show and omni-man and Homelander fit so perfectly in a Mortal Kombat feel because of the rating of the show, which is like R. It's very graphic and violence. And Invincible does something in the first episode where I don't want to spoil it, but as far as violence, it's very toned down until to the end end of the episode for a reason. You really have to watch Invincible to know what I'm talking about. Because they just want that shock factor of what Omni Man is it like does. Hopefully it's not a spoiler. But anyways. So, Omni Man and, and Mortal Kombat—I just think it's a match made in heaven. Like, if you couldn't get, you probably Warner Bros. probably doesn't want super graphic fatalities happening to beloved characters like Batman and Superman. So now they have Omni Man in here, which is just like an evil version of Superman. So fire as. Um, even though he doesn't have the the uh, heat vision and stuff and the, the ice breath and all the power the op powers that superman has he's still very powerful in himself and if you watch the show you just know how it's a perfect fit for Mortal Kombat. that's all i gotta say watch invincible and you can find out why it's such a perfect match then you have homelander so homelander is another evil superman clone but a lot of people are like why have two evil superman's in the game, so Omni Man is from Invincible, of course, own character. Homelander is from The Boys, a separate show, and he's his own character. And it's not like they don't set it up like, oh, this is a clone of Superman. It's just like you, you obviously can tell it's a takeoff of Superman if he was evil. Um, Omni Man and Homelander is the best renditions of that evil Superman type of persona I've ever seen since Injustice Superman. And I was thinking, so I'm I'm under the impression because if you look at the pack for mk11 the combat pack as far as dlc characters and the combat pack for mkx they followed a theme mkx was horror theme so you had jason you had predator you had uh what was his name scar leatherface and then you had you had somebody else i'm totally forgetting the fourth person did i already say jason you had jason Leatherface, Predator,
0: man, somebody else.
2: I feel like there was somebody else I'm missing. Let me see. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna find this MKX DLC characters. Basically, they was going for the horror theme in MKX. And Ed Boone even said himself, they try to go with a theme for the um for the combat packs. So, oh, an alien—that's what it was. So it was Alien. Then you had Jason, Predator, and then you had uh Leatherface. Okay, that's what it was. because I was forgetting the fourth one. I don't even know how I forgot Predator. Predator was super OP MKX, but that's besides the point. All right, so, and then MK11, you had Robot Cop, you had Rambo, you had Terminator and then I'm all, why do I always forget the fourth one all right let me see DLC I cannot type characters all right so basically for MK11 following the theme they had robot Cop, like I just said Rambo uh Terminator and then they had Spawn. They had Spawn and the Joker. So that was kind of playing off the whole... Um, I don't know what type of genre you put Robocop, Robocop Rambo, and uh, Terminator in, but you kind of get it, like, the, the, uh, the theme, especially with Robocop and Terminator in the same game. Like, they always try to follow a theme so you can have your... All uh, your fantasy matchups happen in, re- not real life, but, you know, in a game like uh, Mortal Kombat. And that's the same thing they pulled off of MKX, which was horror theme with uh, Jason, Leatherface, Predator, and uh, Alien, right? Predator versus Alien has always been a real thing. Now you get to do it in Mortal Kombat. Robocop and Terminator, they was like, oh, who will win in a fight? Oh, now you get to do it in MK11. Now, trans- uh, fast forward to MK1, homelander versus omni-man has been a real thing now we get to play it out in mortal combat so what i'm thinking is this is more of a heroes and villains type of or maybe just straight villains because it's two villains up here i'm hoping it's a heroes and villains and hear me out i know warner bros probably doesn't want their beloved superman batman characters getting what they call it disfigured or just completely torn apart and Gruesome Mortal Kombat fatality style, but I do believe they have a prime opportunity to put Superman in this game. I know what y'all probably saying. It don't make no sense. You just said Mortal Bros probably doesn't want Mortal Kombat to have those fatalities on them, right? Which is why in Mortal Kombat versus DC, the, the fatalities was really toned down. And for the heroes, it was and and the villains, it was like it was like uh heroic brutality and then for villains it was like a soft core fatality it wasn't really like a real fatality but because of nether realms nether realm giving us such a superman version or such a perfect rendition of an evil superman and in injustice one and two hopefully they can pull off putting injustice superman in this game now i know what you're saying it's probably not gonna happen but that's what i would want I would want superman injustice superman because remember he's just straight evil and what they can do is so i guess fans don't think as the beloved superman getting messed up or fatality or whatever maybe they can put the superman at the end of injustice 2 in this game where he went full-on brainiac where he took on his like powers or whatever and he had a full new look looking like brainiac superman I don't think they would do it, because if you're going to put Superman in the game, why not just give him his regular clothes? But if he's a hero, it will not make sense to have him in this game, because, like, Warner Bros. doesn't want that happening to him. Even though DC is more of a darker tone, I feel like Marvel has always been the lighter tone as far as the superhero story elements. So I think it could work, putting Superman in this game. That's what I would want. Like, Omni-Man and Homelander and Superman in the same game. Which brings up another point. A lot of people are like, how could you have two Superman clones in this game? They're just going to play the same. And I feel like those people have never watched Invincible and definitely never watched uh, The Boys. If you don't know, I'm about to nerd out and quote unquote geek out right quick. But Home- Omni Man and Invincible is like a, a decade, century. He's like centuries, decades old, right? Like the older you get, the race. Which is like the Viltramites or whatever, the older they get is the stronger they are, and they've had a Thanos type moment in their home planet where it's like only the strong survive. So a lot of the people was killed by themselves because they're trying to find out who's the strongest. Obviously, Omni Man was one of them, he wasn't the strongest, that was like Thrack, but um, he was one of the strongest. So Omni Man is a trained fighter and has fought against people at his power level, and he knows like different fighting styles, right? For a homelander is a completely different story. He's the only one with all of his powers in the show. Like, everybody... Like, somebody may have super speed. Somebody may have super strength. Somebody may be able to teleport or whatever. But they don't have all of the powers in one, like, Homeland, Like, literally throughout the show... It's all about killing Homelander because they're like, bro, this man could go off and then like nobody could stop him, which he basically does. So he fights people always below his power level. He's never fought anybody on his level and he's more of a bully and the boys rather than an actual combatant as far as a fighter. So I would think the way that they differentiate the fighting styles is uh, Homelander would be more of a zone type character using his heat vision because that's the biggest difference between Homelander and omni-man homelander actually has heat vision omni-man doesn't he just has the flight and super strength and durability and homelander has like heat vision um i don't think he has the ice breath super hearing basically it's the heat vision that separates Homelander and omni-man the most and the fighting experience as far as people on their own level so omni-man fits perfectly with Mortal combat homelander not so much he can't really i'm not gonna say he can't fight but like He's never tested himself against somebody on his own power level where Omni-Man has multiple times fought people on his own power level and won because of his tactics and fighting ability. So, all right, I'm done nerding out. So basically, I think Homelander should be a zoner with his heat vision and Homelander should be just a straight-up brawler. Like, he should be able to uh, be a grappler and not a not an up-close type character, but a character that can, like, have command grabs from like flying, and Homelander should just use his heat vision and should be able to do a lot of combos off of heat vision, if that makes sense. Like, he should be able to launch somebody from heat vision and then do a little combo and then like back up. Like, you shouldn't be able to actually throw hands with Hom- uh, uh, Homelander. Omni Man, you should be able to like have certain technical fighting moves with Omni Man, but with Homelander, it should just be a bunch of just wild punches and a lot of heat vision. So if it doesn't make sense to people all you need to know is homelander will probably be used as a zoner whereas omni-man will fight as a straight-up brawler and up close and personal and command grabs and that type of stuff so uh, hopefully that makes sense but anyways definitely watch invincible and the boys because they definitely uh showcase why people don't even think omni man versus Homelander is a real thing like omni <laughs> as far as like the respective shows omni man would easily wipe the floor with homelander so anyways that's a, that's the last time i nerd out my fault all right let me see if they actually give us a release date in this video um so they said homelander is available spring 2024 they said Omni man is going to be the first. Let me see. When does this game come out? You would think they would just tell us. Uh, let me see.
0: Official announcement trailer.
2: Usually at the end of videos, they give you like a t- tagline that like Mortal Kombat is coming out oh finally okay september 19th that's when this game's coming out so i knew it was sometime soon so september 19th is when this game comes out and then omni-man is coming like two to three weeks after if you have dlc pack uh pre-ordered well if you have dlc pack i don't know if it's pre-order or if you just bought a dlc pack but you get it early you get it like a week earlier so yeah obviously with homelander being the last in the combat pack that's probably a bummer for people who's like a like if homelander is your fan favorite then you know you gotta wait a little bit to get homelander but of course mk1 has so many characters with within his own roster so i'm not really too worried about that like i can't wait to play a sub-zero as that's always been my main in mortal Kombat games always my favorite um anyways let me see what else i think it's basically it they, they went over some scorpion uh they went over some scorpion gameplay as you can see right here okay cool to get it right Fair. <laughs> and it seems like he doesn't have a sword anymore but it's a lot of interesting stuff he uses with his little like spear thing i don't know what you actually call that the thing he throws out but you know a lot of special moves as you can see oh my gosh i love it just those little nods and throwbacks that's some of my favorite. and then she does a lot of good combos i'm trying to see if they can find it oh yeah here it is this one's fire this combo right here she went crazy. Like, I just know if somebody get hit with this and online, they're gonna get so they're gonna get so upset. Now, look how much life that took off. Anyways, all right, let me stop. Let me stop nerding now. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all understand. So September 19th is when Mortal Kombat 1 is coming out. Now let's get to the um spoilers, I guess, of the segment. So Mortal Kombat uh roster is already leaked. Apparently. We have uh the announcement of the rest of the characters on the re- original uh so the original roster that's coming out, the base roster. We have Shao Kahn, Reptile, uh, I don't know who the other person is. You have Sindel, Havoc, Nataro. Some of these are OG like Mortal Kombat characters, so they're really digging into the lore with some of these characters. And then you have uh Garrus. And then, of course you'll see the cameos down there. Like I said, uh Spotify, I mean Analytic Dreams video version for the video element it doesn't go any closer than that anyways y'all can kind of see i can't like zoom in but y'all can see the cameo fighters down there along with the name some of the blocked out because they still don't know the rest of them like as far as the combat obviously you got the dlc people right here um so these last two spots right here the rumor to be harley and uh doom slayer i don't know I really want them to put superman in the game like superman versus omni-man like that would just be so fire even though superman wipes the floor like superman's just an op character in general that's why i think every superman movie is hilarious because you have to either take his powers you have to use the green rock which is you know the kryptonite like superman's just too op to have regular villains like he's too op as a superhero that's why i always enjoy spider-man movies because he's never op even though spider-man could get to a point of being like kind of op with the spider sense but superman is like supremely op like it's just not even funny like that's why the whole batman versus superman story is just so hilarious because it's like bro every time he's gonna use kryptonite and then now the the playing field is level but whenever a real enemy comes out there's a reason why superman wonder woman is always fighting the main villain while in in the League, justice league if you ever watch the animated show they're fighting the main villain while Batman's just like swinging around throwing batarangs from afar like you know you can't really hang with most of the most of the villains but um I ho- hopefully they put superman in this game i know they probably won't because they don't want heroes getting completely dismembered by fate, uh, fatalities but you know it's just, it's just one of my uh wish list things I, w- I would love to see happen superman omni-man and homelander in the same game like come on now i don't know who else you would put maybe invincible it's so funny how they put i mean the show is called invincible but omni-man was the one that made it in mortal kombat like obviously people was like i mean why wouldn't he make it but i don't know man we gotta show some love to invincible like he always getting whooped in his own show why not put him in mortal kombat to get whooped too i don't know uh (laughs) so what else there's something else i want to get to was it i think was that it I think that was basically it. the elite roster let's see anything else so we have uh umgadi uh they revealed Garrus. that's the latest two days ago they revealed Garrus in a trailer Garrus is always interesting because this play style is like time skip type stuff so his playstyle is like a lot of interesting uh creativity that you have to implement for his gameplay. Oh, hold on, I'm trying to find it. He like freezes people sometimes. Let's see. Hmm, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the time skip one. he has this move it's like a flash type move where he like freezes him he doesn't move and after you can like continue the combo hopefully they play it i don't know if i'm not
0: i don't
2: know if this is the right one hopefully it is yeah see right here he can do a move and then the last move like launches him or does something where you can continue the combo and that's just that's just super fire Uh, let's see and then, let's see. That's just, like, the creativity for Gears is just through this. It's just uh, actually kind of crazy. But look at this uh, fatality from uh, Luke Kane. This is honestly probably one of the best fatalities I've ever seen. they kind of cut away because they know what they're doing they know people are just going to clip the luke Kang fatality but look at this this man summons a black hole because if you don't know luke is like a like the most powerful person in the story which even that it's like a superman type effect like how are we supposed to think anybody can fight luke Kang now if he has all these powers like this man literally goes to space he instantly creates a black hole and then look what happens For the graphic imagery, but it is Mortal Kombat, but you gotta know what you get yourself into, anyways. So, yeah, so that's uh, let's see if they show any other information. All right, so there you go again. September 19th is the official release date for Mortal Kombat 11, and the biggest thing with that is just like. Bro, well, Mortal Kombat has a lot of characters in its base roster that it could put out and still be phenomenally like as far as sales wise. If you don't know, Mortal Kombat 11, which was the last game, um, was the best selling Mortal Kombat ever. So yeah, Nether Realms is definitely riding high off this Mortal Kombat, and it makes sense why. You know, I thought they was gonna go the Injustice three route, which since you know it's been some time since Injustice two, but kind of makes sense. You know, riding high off Mortal Kombat 11, why not just give, give the people another Mortal Kombat game? and see where the sales lie because i like i think statistically mortal kombat 11 is the best selling game like ever not like all time sales because of course that's probably like some old game that's had time to you know ac- uh accumulate so many sales as far as like fastest selling and best selling mortal kombat 11 is like the best fighting game sales wise of all time so yeah um what else? I think it's basically it. So yeah, the biggest thing I'm excited for is definitely Omni-Man. I can't wait to fight as him in Mortal Kombat. And hopefully he's just throwing straight hands. And hopefully if his fatality, if one of his fatalities don't involve a train, for the people who watch Invincible, y'all know what I'm talking about. If if one of his fatalities don't involve a train, I ain't gonna lie to you, I may boycott. I may mess around, boycott Mortal Kombat. But I already know they do every, every DLC character is always done right by NetherRealm. So I never have any like complaints or even like hesitations on how the play, characters gonna play. I know it's gonna be like probably specifically uh, specific to the uh, character as even the creator of Omni Man, like he was watching it. He was like, they gave him like a list of fatalities. He was like, oh, we could go with this one or that one from the from the show. He was like, oh wow, like y'all really done y'all homework. So that's that's all I needed to know. If the if the creator if the character is like even they was coming up with stuff he didn't even imagine, like yeah, yeah, I already know Omni Man's gonna be all right. So yeah that's basically it what else what else do i need to know that's basically the the biggest thing i think something about pre-ordering you get to be in the uh, let's see oh yeah here it is this is this is the next thing i want to get into so you can pre-order and receive shang sun i can't say his name shang sung sung my fault shang sung i don't even know if i said that right (laughs) All right, my fault. And access to the closed beta August 18th through the 21st. So if you pre-order, you can play Mortal Kombat early August 18th through the 21st. And obviously, you see right here, they have a lot of other premium edition like cameo characters, one week early access to DOC characters. That's the one I was talking about. So you don't get that from the regular version. Obviously, you have to get the premium edition for that. But, anyways, that's basically all I wanted to get into. Uh, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the Mortal Kombat news I just went over? And what excites, excites you the most about the upcoming Mortal Kombat game set to be released September 9th? The reason I switched over to Xbox to PlayStation. The reason why I have said multiple times that this is the best rendition of spider-man we've ever received and also the reason why i'm already calling this the best game of 2023 is because if you don't know if you haven't listened to the podcast which you definitely should you know follow at notorious mass effect i've been on the record saying multiple times that spider-man is my favorite fictional creation of all time very nerdy type facts i'm throwing at you right now but I just feel like you need to know where I stand with the character of Spider-Man. So in general, when a game like Insomno, oh a developing studio like Insomniac, gives us the best rendition of Spider-Man in at least 30 to 40 hour type playthrough format where whereas we've received atrocious, I just mean downright atrocity creation. Like just atrocities and spin-off video games, such as the Amazing Spider-Man video uh spin-off games, one and two, both of them was atrocious. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man games, they were solid, but definitely nothing compared to this, except except for Spider-Man 2. Let's not let's not be disrespectful. Um, I do feel like some of the one-off and like what if. Type of spider-man stories did spider-man justice such as spider-man edge of time spider-man web of shadows uh and even i think it was called the spectacular spider-man which is like the very first game i think did spider-man versus venom right you got to play as venom and you got to play as spider-man met up at the end and in the post-game content was you being able to go gta style rampage as venom like that game probably one of my favorite spider-man games of all time but of course not the favorite as that title is held by the first spider-man game by insomniac titled spider-man ps4 now i don't know why but because of the gap i felt like they was going to call this spider-man ps5 which you know kind of makes sense because i don't know how what the time slate is for the next spider-man game as far as spider-man 3 But I do believe Spider-Man PS5 could have been a fitting uh, Spider-Title, but it kind of makes sense as I think they know what they're doing with titling this Spider-Man 2. If you don't know, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 movie was spectacular. Probably the best Spider-Man movie ever created. The video game attached to that is arguably the best video game ever uh, made. Granted, it it was a... a spinoff of the movie but also people attribute it as just overall being a solid game in itself like i it had a lot of villains that wasn't even showcased in the movies especially the Mysterio elements but what i do want to say is i feel like insomniac threw away the spider-man ps5 title to title it spider-man 2 to let you know how they come in they trying to for the throne as the best spider-man game ever where i already give him the throne as far as spider-man ps4 but a lot of people still want to argue that spider-man 2 is the best game ever created which you know i'm not mad at that that definitely set the groundwork for a lot of future spider-man games as far as like the what's the what's the word called as far as the it starts with the eye i definitely forgot Let's just say intuitive, the intuitive gameplay mechanics and just being a pioneer of having <laughs> webs actually stick to something and having some type of skill gap with swinging. If you don't remember back in the day, shameless plug, follow my analytic dreams video version to watch the video alongside um, the audio elements. Of course, you know, it's Spotify exclusive analytic dreams video on Spotify. OK, with that being said, this is where we came from we've went from this type of spider-man with these type of graphics you know not just like not downgrading or like just uh completely trashing this because this is what they was working with back in the day this was a solid game and this was another solid game and definitely a slept on gem in my my opinion i don't know what it's actually called like it's the old spider-man where you couldn't even touch the ground but anyways the spider-man versus venom in this game was actually done well and they were just comparing the graphics from that to the spider-man 2 game that's currently about to come out and let me just say as a spider-man fan the evolution of technology just has to be appreciated more when you see stuff like this we went from this in the span of what 10 to 15 years to this in spider-man 2 like the, the graphical leaps and bounds we've made with the evolution of technology as a gamer I feel like you just have to give it up to developers because it has to be a lot to make this type of game, especially with the runtime of, it's probably going to be at least 30 to 40 hours, like the, at the very least. So that's why for video games in general, Spider-Man 2 is just one of those games where I, I've just been looking forward to it since I completed Spider-Man 4, uh, Spider-Man PS4 for the like fourth time. Like I played that game from start to finish like three or four times. I know it's it's kind of a sweaty type of uh, t- uh, fact, but hey. Like I said, Spider-Man is my favorite fictional creation of all time. So as far as the nerd, I definitely nerd out when it comes to Spider-Man content. But anyways, let's get into the story trailer. Because what I'm going to tell you all right now is I have no idea what I'm talking about. All this information that I'm about to tell you right now is just completely false. And if anybody from Insomniac is listening, just know that I am full of it. I don't know what I'm talking about. So you shouldn't sue me because i don't know anything like honestly i just made all this up what i'm about to say so you should probably click off honestly all right with that being said for the people still here if you don't want spoilers i would definitely leave honestly the way i talk about spider-man i love to get into the nerdy elements of it which is behind the scenes stuff and what's shown to you so just like I did for the Spider-Man No Way Home, the MCU movies, like when the information came out with how those movies was going to go about, I always love to learn about what's going to happen because I know in a video game, they're still going to showcase an element of surprise when you see the actual presentation of it. So with that being said, I'm going to get into stuff that will be spoilers. So definitely, if you don't want spoilers for the game, I will click off and come back after you beat the game and not know you can come back and either say i was wrong or you could say you know what it is pretty different when you play the game it's a little different experience so i like to know what's going to happen not like beat for beat but you know still it's like the overview of the story i want to know everything i can about it but as far as the baseline stuff of course this game comes out october 20th 2023 uh very interesting it's coming out in october which is halloween season which is also like a very um popular venom date which if you don't know the the past two venom movies i think came out around october so as far as the halloween and venom appeal is definitely uh it definitely goes hand in hand so it's a a great marketing tactic in that sense and i do believe we're going to end up getting a a venom spinoff game wink wink and uh i do i do believe that in general the the way that they're going about this is setting up anticipation anticipation for venom in a way that miles was set up in spider-man ps4 now i don't know how i know that it's just i just made it up so anyways um and somatic already came out and said they're working on another AAA uh game a uh, title and they're not letting us know the, the name i don't know why you know but um anyways all i gotta say is venom is being propped up like spider-man like miles morales was in spider-man ps4 and miles morales ended up getting a, a spinoff game which wasn't as long but it was still a spinoff game based off of spider-man ps4 so do have that information which you will hopefully we can put two and two together i did say i'm getting into spoiler territory but if if somebody from like insomniac is listening which i don't know why you would be because you know i'm just completely like what i'm saying right now is just completely false so i would just you know go to a more informed person to talk about the game uh or to listen about the tidbits about the story so anyways also it's a playstation 5 exclusive uh, action adventure genre developed by sonic games of course published by sony interactive if you don't know sony owns rights to spider-man if you're wondering why marvel was even able to make spider-man movies it's because they are leasing out spider-man to the mcu so they can show sony how to make a good spider-man movie literally because if you've seen with Sp- uh, sony all of the Venoms, uh, no, all of the spider-man villain spinoff movies they've made have been uh, mediocre at best I mean just ask all Morbius fans. So, anyways. The game picks up. Let me see. I forget how long. Uh, I think it's like two years after the events of Miles. I'm I'm not sure about that one. Let me see. It's similar, me see, characters. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's basically it. I was just covering the baseline stuff. Alright, let's get into the actual uh trailer. And like I said. May or may not be spoilers throughout the trailer. All right. Also, Analytic Dreams video if you want to watch alongside while I'm covering this, and uh on Spotify exclusively on Spotify as far as the podcast video version is concerned. All right. Hopefully, this is loud enough. I think it is. I guess we're gonna gonna find out.
0: It's a
1: miracle I'm even sitting here now. I got a second chance,
2: and I'm gonna take advantage of that. All right. So basically first um yeah let's get to the first spoiler i guess I gotta so apparently this man is like anti venom so the reason that um what's his name martin lee like um uh, mr negative is still in this game is because if you don't know in the comics uh lee is trying to cure something and he's using a symbiote to cure it and ends up creating anti-venom in this game obviously the plot points are setting up for the same thing to happen martin lee is still in the game uh harry is sick which is why in the first game the symbiote wasn't attached to him it was like beside him in the tube because the symbiote like rejects him so martin lee like uses the symbiote in a way to turn it into anti-venom so harry Oh, can actually wear the symbiote suit but then he actually becomes anti-venom that makes sense i think anti-venom is like a it's like a villain so i wonder how they're going to go about that and um i think we may get like an interesting fight scene with spider-man and anti-venom because i think i don't know i'm not sure on this point but i feel like when you come to the spider-man 3 movie how harry used spider-man using his like uh green goblin powers or whatever i forget what they called him like he had the little i liked his design but in general he was like green goblin jr but he was when he was helping out spider-man at the end of spider-man 3 i think that's kind of like the 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 type of beats that they're going to go with here harry helping out spider-man with the uh, anti-venom suit i don't know how long he's going to have it all i know is anti-venom is going to show up in some capacity and Oh, the main thing you need to know is that the developers straight up lied to y'all. And the reason for that is because of. Because, um, the reason for that is because of the made up sources that I have. Not me, like, in, in particular, but just like where it's at. I don't want to, like, sp- specifically say it because they may, like, I don't know, try to find that person because that's the origin of where I'm getting all this information. But, um, Anyway, so for, for the made-up stuff that's coming out, they had to get ahead of it and basically discredit it. So what they said was Eddie Brock is not Venom, but he is Venom. They just lied to y'all because the, the fake stuff... Well. The made up sources that I have claim that Eddie Brock has playable sections in this game and will end up becoming Venom because of his hatred, not only for Peter and for Spider-Man. If you don't know, in Spider-Man PS4, there was a note signed by Eddie Brock um, talking about nice working with you. Apparently that was like sarcasm or whatever, and they didn't have a good relationship while Peter was at the bugle. So they're going to. They're going to talk about that. So their relationship's not going to be the best. And then you're going to have playable sections as Eddie Brock, and then Venom's, oh no, Spider-Man's going to do stuff to, like, make Eddie Brock angry so that when he gets the Venom suit, now it's like a match made ahead of him because you don't, if you don't know. The reason why Venom is important is because it's literally the antithesis of Spider-Man. Like, the way that Venom is made, and, and basically his whole image is based off of being the angry, Like, it's it's treating Peter and Spider-Man like the ex that got away. So now Venom is like the angry ex is why the whole look comes about the way it does. It's a resemblance of Spider-Man because that's his, like, true love. That's how it's always been told to me in the comics. Venom loves Peter and Spider-Man. And when Peter takes off the suit, forcingly, you know, with the bell and the vibrations and stuff, Venom is just on a never-ending path of wanting to kill peter and spider-man because it basically dumped them so eddie brock is just more of a source to kill spider-man more than like it actually being its own character that's why the venom movie makes no sense with no spider-man like with sony there's a reason why they're leasing off spider-man to mcu because they don't know what they're doing at all and even with mcu spider-man that's not the greatest rendition because like i keep saying there's no venom without spider-man and the reason why it even looks or resembles spider-man is because of the relationship it had it was his, it was his first host and it fell in love with peter so hopefully that makes sense i don't know all right let's keep going second chance oh yeah so that was a big thing i was saying there eddie brock has playable sections and he is the main villain as venom so eddie brock will be venom that's the reason why they came out so eddie brock wasn't venom because the, the uh, made-up sources that i have came out said that eddie brock was venom and they kind of want that to be a surprise kind of like in spider-man ps4 how doc ock wasn't revealed until the very end like same same stuff
1: i'm gonna take advantage of that
2: so we have harry talking to peter and by the way this new face model like i don't know why everybody's making a big deal about it but i don't really think it's that big of a deal like they go they went with the new face model for peter i don't know if they didn't want to pay the old actor or what happened but anyways they went with a new face model and here we have it
0: Heal the world.
2: so of course you have miles and peter and apparently this game starts off isn't that just a great shot of the of the fairs or oh, not the fairs of the fair like the ferris wheel and everything it's just sh- straight fire oh and the big wheel in the background apparently it's like an easter egg of an actual big wheel villain back in the spider-man lore i never read about the big wheel but apparently it's like a you know like one of them d-list villains it's pretty funny how they have this in there and everybody's like oh that's the and, you know it's literally just a ferris wheel called the big wheel but it's kind of funny how people are attributing that to be an easter egg for an actual villain called the big wheel in spider-man lore so i just thought that was funny but anyways the story starts off with like miles and peter you know, trying to find uh, a serial killer. And Peter tells Miles to stay back because, you know, serial killers are, like, sensitive and stuff, so he wants to handle it. And also, I think he also tells Miles to stay back because he—well, when you get to end the game, you you realize that it's uh, Yuri who's turned into Wraith which in spider-man ps4 they built they built up her anti-hero kind of arc with all her police officers being murdered and stuff and so now she goes the villain route it's kind of like the red hood and batman under the red hood it's like all of these people are dying because we just lock up the villains and they just get out so now yuri is wraith and wraith just straight up kills all the bad guys and villains so it's not like a serial well i guess it is still a serial killer but still it's like she's technically an anti-hero but she's just killing people so she's like breaking the batman rule kind of so like spider-man's like going after her and stuff like that so it's kind of personal to peter and that's like the first chapter of the game so i think wraith is the first major villain of the chapter kind of like how P- Kingpin was in Spider-Man PS4 except this one's gonna last a little bit longer in Spider-Man 2 not too long but you're gonna spend significant time as Peter at the beginning of the game fighting as Wraith chapter 2 um is like Craven going after the lizard and in the introduction of Venom chapter 3 is like Venom and Green Goblin so maybe not Green Goblin I heard that was like well I just made it up in my head that uh maybe green goblin would be a part of venom as far as the tag team duo but we're gonna see but in general so that's kind of how the big villains goes uh, is going to go about which is still jam-packed like craven himself could carry a game i I believe and uh to have venom alongside um alongside green goblin and then wraith is kind of like you know introductory villain. Like, like oh okay well we gotta fight wraith you know that's like the That's like the tutorial segment, like you going to fight wraith, but it's also teaching you how to play the game. So, yeah, so that's how the game starts off. Anyways, guys, this is my best friend Harry. And obviously, if I'm going too fast, y'all can always like rewind and stuff. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm breaking down pretty, pretty nicely. Good to meet you. Hopefully, if not, (laughs) then you know. Still gonna have time for tutoring. We'll figure it out.
0: Know there
2: were so also um insomniac is going with a darker red of the suit which i'm so glad for because i don't know why but in spider-man ps4 spider-man was really like orange i don't like i'm probably colorblind so maybe i'm not the best person to talk about this but that the color was lighter than red it was like an orange type color and spider-man 2 is like a dark red so it's like he's back to his actual colors i don't know if that's just a weird like fun fact but there you have it
0: bears in these woods hey mj i have another name for you craven he's here on some kind of hunt
1: No, if you need me i'm just a call away
0: me? you don't know what you took from me
2: and then you have oh so that's the, that's wraith from the first chapter when they chasing the serial killer that's her right there um this is Miles, of course. I don't even know why I said that. Y'all know that.
0: On some kind of hunt.
2: No, if you need me, I'm just a call away. Oh, that's why I paused it. Because basically throughout this game, I guess Peter's not like distant, but, you know, Miles is wanting like a mentor and stuff. And I guess Peter with the black suit and everything going on in his life, he's not able to be as involved in Miles' life. That's why at the beginning he was like, you still going to have time for tutoring, kind of talking about the Spider-Man stuff. And Peter's kind of like a distant partner in a sense like it's not like batman taking him under his wing It's kind of like you know obviously i'm gonna teach you but at this point in the story peter's kind of distant so that's why miles is like on his own sometimes lee, a- and then there's the famous martin lee no, if you need me, I'm just a call with the uh interesting hairdo on my add like this man has definitely spent some time in prison because look 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 at his hair compared to spider-man ps4 like that is just that man going through it so anyways he's important to the story because that's how anti-venom comes about and in the comics he was real important to like how anti-venom was created so he's probably gonna end up i don't know if they're breaking him out or what what's happening because if you see there's a lot of com there's a lot of commotion in the background you see in the background it's like a propeller was not supposed to be it's a lot of stuff going on as far as like destruction so in general i think they need him to help cure harry and he ends up making anti-venom i don't know if he does it cognizantly or if he does it on accident but i think at some point he's gonna end up interacting with the symbiote and end up making anti-venom for harry what you took
0: for me all oh, miles talks about it
2: oh and then that's that's wraith so that's what wraith looks like know what you took me. so basically in the first story trailer you have a synopsis of all the villains that craven's gonna go after and you get a nice render of what wraith mask look like and that's kind of what um it looks like right there like she's going around i don't know if those are villains or whatever oh it looks like spider-man spider-man somebody else i don't know if it's mj or what some random person but it seems like wraith is just killing all the the uh villains like at this point she just don't care she's just like oh y'all gotta die because uh she was a first she was a police officer she was like we just lock them up they get out and kill more people so now she's on a she's just on a murdering spree she's like every person that committed a crime just straight death so of course spider-man has to stop her and this is the first chapter of the game
0: all miles talks about is how to be a better spider-man
2: so that's the point when uh miles mom is like hey miles wants to be mentored and you kind of distant you're not really mentoring like you need to be and so peter's just like hey like, that's tough and then just goes about his day and of course you know the black suit we saw that in the story trailer this stuff so fire like the way they're using the suit as it's a lie and also the uh, design because i heard a lot of people like upset about how the suit looks but I i think it's um a playoff of how unique the original spider-man suits look, look. like for the black suit they kind of went with the classic version but in their own unique way whereas the regular spider-man suit the white symbol is a no-no for like any type of suit design for spider-man so the way the insomniac was able to pull that off and people like agree that it's like a great rendition of a spider-man suit I mean obviously people like the classic more and uh i feel like the classic is like poorly rendered on purpose because if you look at the classic suit on spider-man ps4 compared to the advanced suit like they know what they was doing if they would have made the classic suit because all the dlc suits they put into the game is like fully like rendered and like the graphics are like fire but the classic suit i feel like it's a little muddy on purpose because they know if they really put like graphical effort into it or just like enhancements into it People would prefer that over the advanced suit because even me, I'm still gonna say I prefer the classic suit, but the uh advanced suit is, is still fire, so that's what they're going with. It's like the advanced symbiote take, uh, advanced symbiote suit take, uh, right here. I mean, you kind of can't see it, but yeah, you know. he's
1: not himself, go help
2: him. Oh, that was a big thing. So, my um, the going
1: on with he's not himself.
2: so right here, um, if you never read the comic book dang i forget what it's called basically it's when spider-man goes full of venom it's like when it was called yeah i forget what it's called but anyways uh spider-man basically throughout the story he doesn't He, like, goes to the Fantastic Four to get the suit off. Well, not to get the suit diagnosed about, like, what it's doing to him. Basically, Fantastic – well, Reed is, like – Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four is, like, hey, we probably need to take a closer look at it, so can you take it off? Obviously, the suit doesn't want Peter to take it off, so Peter ends up not taking it off and abruptly storms out of the Fantastic Four building. And then a lot ends up happening. but All you need to know is, like, he really goes off the rails and just starts – like, he ends up breaking Jay Jonas's Jay – jonah jameson's hand at one point he like busts into the daily bugle threatens him and breaks his hand like like puts his hand into jameson's on the wall and like crushes it and so not like completely but like breaks his hand basically so i'd be interested if we see that in this uh game and also as far as mj it gets to a point where the symbiote suit just takes over spider-man or peter parker so i would guess that the the suit takes his own image as far as uh the evolution throughout the game kind of like in spectacular spider-man the tv series and also i would say that we will have sections in a game where we don't play as peter but we see him in a black symbiote and he's just doing stuff and not saying a single word because in the comics that meant like the symbiote was fully in control of peter like the symbiote used to in the original rendition of why he took the symbiote suit off is because it was going out while he was asleep without him knowing and just doing stuff like taking out bad guys and stuff. And he would come back before Peter woke up and then he would just see himself on the news in the black suit. black suit. And then he realized, like, oh, this thing is alive and he took it off. It was a weird reason back in the day. Like, that was the OG reason why he took the uh, suit off. It did nothing about his, like, um, mental health and the effect it had on. It was just basically because it was doing stuff without him knowing. So, uh, yeah, but obviously, the the takes on the symbiote suit has evolved since then. But yeah, my favorite, um, one of my favorite aspects is that the symbiote will do its own work sometimes, and the the key difference is that Peter doesn't say anything, and that's kind of how you know when the symbiote is taking over. I, I do like that aspect of it, because when you saw that episode in the spectacular, spectacular Spider-Man TV series, you know, sh- uh, spoiler alert, I guess. But um, he takes out the entire Sinister Six without saying a word. And then at the end, you realize, oh, that was a symbiote because he wakes up the next morning. He's like, what did I just do? And then it was like, it was pretty cool because you, you just thought Spider Man was fighting without, like, he was just serious. But now it's just a symbiote taking over. So uh, hopefully they have one of those scenes where Spider Man's just going crazy and not saying a single word. Go
0: help him.
2: Miles is kind of treated as, like, a sidekick throughout this whole game. Like, obviously, he's not on Spider-Man's level, and he's definitely not on uh, Symbio's Spider-Man level. So, yeah, throughout this game, he's just going to be, like, one of the side characters. Kind of like Robin to Batman. Like, if you ever um, played Gotham Knight, uh, Arkham City, I think, when the Batman Black Cat black cat the batman catwoman missions it's kind of gonna be like that like that's how the dynamic is gonna be like spider-man's the main threat miles is like just you know somebody helping him out
1: this was our dream
0: i'm not
2: going to lose him and that's the thing like the symbiote is not bonding with harry i'm not so the symbiote's not bonding with Harry. That's why he took him out the tube and he's just like hey, we're just gonna try to figure something out. And somehow, some way, Martin Lee ends up, you know, getting that, getting it to Harry by the anti venom, and then that's that's where we have it. As far as him actually being healed from the suit. I don't know how I don't know how that's gonna end up, like how that storyline's gonna end, but I just know that's one of the story beats in the game. So, um, yeah. As you can see, he's a little frustrated. Oh, this is interesting, because we, we finally hear Venom's voice acting. We're going to heal the world. And apparently that was the same voice actor for Candyman. So if this man, um, they couldn't get a more experienced guy who knows how to put that uh, horror type inflection into his voice. And our first look at the mighty, well, I don't want to say mighty Venom, but you know. The ferocious venom all right i try my best y'all can throw y'all tomatoes my fault right, anyways this is venom and he looks fantastic and honestly hopefully they do it right because me as a you know huge spider-man stan as i keep saying throughout this whole review venom has always been able to take out Spider-Man. Like, it's, it's, it, I'm not gonna say like he's just leaps and bounds, like more powerful than Spider-Man, but Spider-Man has never been able to like, to handle Venom. Only time he's able to like get Venom is through his weaknesses. It's like the Superman, it's like a closer version of Superman versus Batman. Like the only way Batman is able to beat Superman is by using his weak, weakness, which is like kryptonite. Same for Venom. Venom is just every way better than Spider uh, Spider Man. That's why he keeps the suit so long, cause he's just every way better. He's just every which way of combat and like uh, lifestyle, as far as the suit being able to change clothes for him and stuff like that. Like it's just better overall. He's just more powerful. At everything. It's just the mental effects. That's why he ended up taking it off. So when Venom gets the suit, he's just way more powerful, cause all the aggression is just unleashed with the with the host of Eddie Brock. So Venom's just way more powerful than Spider Man. So whenever they fight, it's not really, like, a fair fight. Like, he's just always winning. And in some renditions of the character, he doesn't set off Spider-Man's uh, uh, Spider-Sense because of him being its original host. So that was the cartoon version, the like, the OG Spider-Man cartoon version of Venom. Like, Venom never set off Spider-Man's Spider-Sense, which if you don't know, it's, like, one of Spider-Man's most, like, OP abilities to let him know when danger is coming or how to dodge attacks so i don't know if they'll do that or if they'll go the uh the video game route in spectacular spider-man where he rang his spider senses off to it like his head hurt like his head was hurting the the amount of spider sense was going off because of venom so i don't know which way they're going to go or if they're just going to keep it normal where he just got regular spider sense but i would like to see either or of the extreme either he doesn't set off spider sense or he sets it off like crazy where his head starts hurting and he's like inebriated while fighting um But yeah, so the way he takes him out, I mean, they already kind of showed it. They kind of spoiled it themselves in the the way they revealed the Symbiote uh, or the the, um, Spider-Man 2 cover reveal as Miles is going to play a big part in the taking down Venom as he's going to use his electric power. So hopefully they use miles as the way spider-man is able to beat venom and not the age old oh we're just gonna get sound and take off the suit which is nothing wrong with that if you do it right of course but i would like to see a unique take on how spider-man takes out venom because just like every time batman fights superman he has to use kryptonite every time spider-man fights venom has to use some type of sound uh to take out venom and because you know that's his weakness like too much sound so I would like to see a unique take on how Spider-Man takes down Venom, and it seems like they're going to go that route with Miles' uh, electricity power, which with which they are ironically calling the Venom powers. I know, confusing, right? Because you actually have Venom in the game, but I don't know. Hopefully, they go the unique route of taking out Venom. But yeah, I don't. That's why the ways of like Spider-Man taking out Venom by himself, like that's just like comic. As far as comic book-wise and, and lore-wise, like, he's never just been able to just straight-up fight Venom one-on-one. always He's always needed some type of kryptonite type of thing, where, where, where it's, like, sound, fire, something like that. And that's another thing. From my recollection, Venom wasn't the one weak to fire. It was Carnage. But some iterations of Venom in the comic book, he's actually... Every symbiote is actually weak to fire. For me when i used to watch it was sound only and then carnage was fire but it wasn't sound i don't know i think it was both i think it was sound and venom because not venom sound and fire because carnage is like a offspring of venom so he's like more um the person he bonds to as far as like cletus cassidy is more of like a it's like an actual uh, serial killer so that his um powers are more unleashed because he's he's willing to do more eddie brock is like angry at peter but he ain't no like serial killer like he only wants to kill peter carnage wants to literally cause carnage and kill everyone so it's a little different but i thought carnage was only weak to fire and not venom but if they go the route of venom being weak to fire and carnage then well, not fire, fire and sound then uh i guess i wouldn't be mad at it i just didn't know anyways let's keep going but as you can see that man like that, that render of venom that's just that's fire that's straight fire that's heat so that's what i'm talking about right there with the electric so they show it they kind of hint at the at how they're going to take down venom in this uh logo so you see venom taking over spider-man and then watch closely as the electricity powers which comes from miles like makes it go away so that's kind of how they're trying to let you know how they're going to take out venom and they're trying to set it up as harry being venom but like i just said harry's going to end up being uh, anti-venom which i don't mind them saying it that's why i said spoiler warning at the beginning of this whole review i know some people like to go in blind so i want to get that warning at the beginning so you don't feel like oh you just blindsided me with all the spoiler talk so uh but yeah that's the biggest thing but anyways um what else i think there's some other thing i want to get into so yeah those are my totally made up facts about the spider-man uh, game so yeah you let me know what you think about that also the console bundle details i think they already sold out so you don't need to see that oh so apparently in other news side tangent but still like kind of um in the realm of this conversation spider-man is supposed to be a part of invincible season two so spider-man is supposed to be a part of invincible um as the easter egg was spotted and even uh tweeted by the actual account as the reveal trailer when he was talking to whoever i forget who he was talking to um something the alien i forget his name but basically he had a phone and it was uh easter egg of the spider-man invincible team up comic book cover and as you can see this is a zoom in image of it. analytic dreams video to see what i'm talking about on spotify but uh yeah so they already teased that invincible is going to have a spin off. We're not a spinoff. It's gonna have a, a cameo, a spider. I can't even talk. It's gonna have a Spider-Man episode, which if you read the comics, it's an easy way they can pull that off, and actually makes sense. Invincible basically goes. I'm not gonna spoil the story. All you need to know is Invincible goes to Spider-Man's world. So no, we're not gonna see Spider-Man getting brutally beaten, or even though he could, he could definitely hold his own. But like, we're not gonna see any graphic imagery because Invincible is going into the Marvel world, and that vice versa. Yeah, uh, they even have a funny uh called to that through at the end of the story but you know it's uh you have to the the comics already out there if you want to look it up for yourself but basically spider man's is going to be in one of the episodes of, of invincible season two not going to let you know how that happens because that's a spoiler and also the spider-man voice actor which call me a nerd but this has always been my favorite spider-man voice actor which is josh keaton because of the spectacular spider-man tv series he has always been my favorite and especially his work in spider-man edge of time which while that video game is also one of my favorites as i just like his um i just like him as a voice actor for spider-man i don't know i just feel like it's it fits the character uh perfectly like i wish the somniac would have used josh keaton instead of the other voice actor they have uh yuri Lowenthal, but i know a lot of people don't even like that because yuri Lowenthal was the a- uh, voice actor for sasuke and if you don't know as far as anime voice actors they hold them in a higher regard compared to like actual regular voice actors i don't know as far as anime and the anime con- community is concerned voice acting there's a whole another tier when you go to anime so yeah so spider-man is supposed to be an in invincible season two uh, what else oh here's the actual site oh I like the little electricity coming off of, uh and the symbiote com- oh that's pretty cool this whole poster for Marvel Spider-Man 2 this is gonna sell so much like I don't know how much but it's gonna sell way more than ps4 I already know like this is gonna be insane because if you think about it everybody didn't know if if uh, Spider-Man ps4 was gonna be nice like as Spider-Man fans like bro we've been not gonna say been through it because of course other superheroes don't even have like video games but still We've had so many bad video games when it comes to Spider-Man that we like we don't know if it's going to be good or bad because of course we had gyms like I said with spectacular Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Whip of shadows, but those were few far in between like we had a lot of movie spin-offs that was uh, video games. I'm talking about the amazing Spider-Man video games that was not it. So we was a little hesitant when the Spider-Man PS4 game came out like we, we knew it was going to be fire well from the looks of it but we're still a little hesitant so when they ended up being fired now for marvel spider-man 2 we're not even worrying about if it's going to be nice or not we just we just honestly we just want to play as venom like they let us play as venom i'm not gonna lie that's game i mean it's already game of the year for me because i'm biased but i already know the game's gonna be fire so so yeah october 20th 2023 uh what else key features as you can see this is the main site uh with the standard edition seventy dollars of course uh digital deluxe edition you get uh eighty dollars it's five unique suits for peter miles two skill points pre-order incentive items additional photo mode items i don't even know what that means uh (laughs) photo mode items what in the world that's what we're putting behind paywalls nowadays but anyways the uh actual pre-order suits looks looks like trash so that's the only critique i could probably give of it i wonder if they have it up here so y'all don't think i'm just talking of course they don't have it they're probably not even trying to show off those suits those suits are really trash it's it's honestly pretty bad i'm honestly gonna see if i can find it because i don't want y'all think i'm just hating uh give me one second this is is gonna be the last little tidbit i get into okay i think y'all gonna think i'm just hating but these pre-order suits Uh Twitter is so hard to find now because it's like it's just X. Let me see. Spider Man suits.
0: Let's just do suits. See if it pops up. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. uh I can't find it
2: all right let me see I'm just gonna go to insomnia games hopefully they have it up I don't even think they promote no suits anymore like those suits just look straight up trash like I don't even know like if the suits look that bad like why put it behind a paywall like it's not even like classic suits it's like suits they literally made up from scratch it doesn't even look nice like it'd be different if it looked nice like some of the suits that came out like with the velocity suit that was originally created by insomniac like that suit is fire but these upcoming suits are just straight trash i don't know if i can find it
0: Mm. yeah i can't find it pre-order suits
2: yeah i think they they didn't they didn't wipe these from the internet man they don't want nobody to see these suits that's unfortunate now uh, we gonna find this y'all y'all try to put these behind a the paywall and then not even show what the suits look like spider-man 2 Ah, found it see you can't hide it from me i was gonna find it like, people people got to see this.
0: Like, nah, the people got to see this. This ain't, this ain't right. Such a low res of the suits. Can I find, like, a better?
2: All righty. Y'all look at this. Y'all look at this right here tell me what you think it is putting this behind the paywall the unique suits for the deluxe edition we have the tactical we have the i don't even know what that is the zero something like look at these these suits They're, they literally like in the far bottom right it's like a power ranger suit for miles i was like bro what in the world is this like these suits are atrocious that's the only thing i have to say bad about this game like this is just bad right here like who thought this was a good idea to put this behind the paywall the only thing is these suits right here i think could be the saving grace which is also part of the uh pre-order bonus i know it's blurry sorry i tried to find this suit uh, like you just that long pause was me trying to find these suits they they not wiped it from the internet they know how bad these suits look but the only thing i think is the saving grace is that these have a cape i think the cape could look pretty cool from a gameplay perspective but uh yeah so this is the pre-order bonus it's not like additional but this is the additional this is like the deluxe edition um so yeah so this is like the 80 dollar package and you get these atrocious suits like what in the world honestly i think they're saving like the classic stuff to unlock in game so they didn't want to make too many fast mad like imagine they put the classic symbiote suit look in here as far as the deluxe edition man fans may have rioted so i feel like they would probably put the worst suits in here on purpose hopefully i know i may be cutting them some slack but come on now it's insomniac like at this point i think they deserve some type of slack so anyways back up so yeah spider-man marvel spider-man ps2 i think that this will probably be the best game of 2023 by far um i'm not gonna say by far i don't want to just disrespect survivor and all the other games coming out as you know people have the only people have their personal pers- uh, pr- personal preference for me Spider-Man, like I keep saying, is my favorite fictional creation of all time, so I will always and always just enjoy any Spider-Man content, especially if it's top tier like this. Like, this is literally my favorite rendition of Spider-Man ever created. So, yeah, and that should tell you so. I mean, if you're a stand of something, and something like like, imagine your favorite character right now ever created, right? And then the content was just leaps and bounds better than any content you ever received, for that specific character pretty sure you would be excited too so anyways uh click my link in my bio and let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about spider-man 2 marvel spider-man 2 coming out october uh 20th 2023 what do you think about my breakdown of the storyline beats and um how do you feel about what i just said about you know all the little you know made up sources and, and information i just gave you and do you think it's legit or do you still think that the developers are telling y'all the truth. Also, I don't want to leave off on that. I want to give a better question. What, as far as Marvel Spider Man 2, what are you most looking forward to in the game? Being a man named Herbert is beyond hilarious, especially when it's attached to your gangster-like persona when talking about the rapper g herbo whose real name is herbert wright the now why do i know this information no i'm not the police I'm not i'm not a part of the federal uh, bureau investigation but this man has found himself in some trouble as he's pleaded guilty which is like a plea deal uh July 28th 2023 to conspiracy to commit wire fraud and making false statements he is accused of using stolen credit card information to pay for private jets luxury vehicles and designer puppies yes you heard me correctly designer with a d puppies with a p y'all let me know if that's worth it but anyways this is interesting information to me because he was already committed or people brought this up a while ago you know I, I heard this story not too long ago it was like a year or two ago so it was a it was it was a while ago so i'm interested to see how it's coming up now as i don't know if this was like he was fighting it for a while and now he just played guilty but i've heard this story about the design of purpes, puppies and G gherbo a while ago and um I know a lot of people like to make jokes about the PPP scams or whatever, or how you, is you. Is it PPP or is it something else? I don't know, man. I just, it's some type of scam. You know, people be scamming left and right, and when you get caught, not gonna lie to you, I don't think people really care that much as long as you ain't killing nobody or whatever. Like, so. You know, unlike the people who say free on Thug, I wouldn't be mad at people who say uh, free G Herbo, cause Young Thug is a whole different situation as far as you know lives and being taken and stuff allegedly. I'm not trying to get sued. You feel me? But uh, uh, as far as G Herbo, you know, just a little, just a little fraud. You know what I mean? Nothing too crazy. Just a little wire fraud. You know, just a little false statements to the police, which you know I'm not condoning. But I'm saying you know I guess it's worst act, acts to be committed, especially when it comes to the hip hop space. So just let that sink in. So, anyways stolen credit card information is kind of you know that's that's a lot you know especially for private jets like you know he ain't even using that for food like you know how people sometimes steal from walmart and while i'm not condoning stealing i'm just pointing out a fact you know people think that is uh buy one steal five items at walmart sometimes and they get caught you know the public perception is just like hey if walmart wasn't paying people, you know, didn't have so many self-checkout machines and gave people real jobs to check out items. Maybe we wouldn't have, maybe we wouldn't, uh, be incentivized, incentivized to steal as much, which, you know, I hear that point and I'm just like, man, y'all are some, no, y'all, y'all are some non-law-abiding citizens, but that's besides the point. So according to court documents, Wright, AKA Herbo and his co-conspirators, conspirators I think that's how you say it Use stolen credit card information to put we already said that and they also use stolen credit card information to purchase at high-end retailers such as gucci and louis vuitton i'm still stuck on the designer puppies i'm not gonna lie to you like what in the world makes you scam people and use stolen credit cards for designer puppies like who are you trying to impress like honestly who is this man trying to impress designer puppies at the end of the day at all the things not condoning stealing but to steal money to buy designer puppies I'm still stuck on that because like what goes through your mind to be like you know what I can't afford this let me just go out and steal stone for this designer puppy like a puppy not a puppy anyways uh they're accused of stealing over a Oh goodness this man faces a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. This man facing 20. Talk about Tory Lanez. He got off with eight, right? I think he got eight. I don't know how much he got, but obviously it's a maximum sentence. So he probably, I don't know, but it seems like he won't get the full 20. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not no lawyer, but that's what it's saying. A maximum sentence of 20 is still scary. Um, but his plea agreement was filed to U.S. District Court and he will be sentenced on november 15th 2023 and this is not the first time he has been in trouble with the law are oh, they bringing up they bringing up old stuff yeah this man going a while for a while this man this man gonna be locked up for a while man they bring it up you know when they start bringing up stuff from 2014 to 2018 you know they've been having it out for you so this has been in a this been uh in the making so yeah man i don't know how long g herbo going away you know unfortunate for my g herbo fans out there um i don't know how many years he's gonna get i'm not no attorney or a lawyer or whatever no type of yeah so we just we just got to wait and see this it's just not looking good he's facing a maximum of 20 years for stealing over a hundred thousand worth of like assets I guess I mean I guess with the stolen credit card information that's how that's how much money he stole so that's hey only the future would tell how much this man actually gets sentenced but if you do know when he gets sentenced it's November 15th 2023 so click my link tree in my bio let me know one of my social medias what do you think about G Herbo being sentenced to a well facing a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison and How do you feel about this entire situation? And for my G Herbo fans out there, how do you feel like this man may be going away for for a maximum 20 years in prison with a chance to get a lesser sentence? But that's the maximum. So how do you feel about this entire situation? I'm not going to lie to you. The famous phrase is "You're innocent until proven guilty." So Y and W Melly, Y and W is currently heading back to court on first-degree murder charges after being faced with a or re-tri- a, a retrial on the first charge. So the first time they tried to convict him on first-degree murder charges, it ended in the result of a retrial, which is uh. Is based off the incident the um the alleged event of him killing two people in 2018. what else it said it, y'all gonna laugh at me it's hard for me to say this word the jurors. the ju- Yeah, I can't say that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I can't. Hey, that word needs to be uh banned from my list. I can't say that. That's too many R's, man. Like when I was growing up, the Mars is giving me the Rs is giving me trouble. <laughs> hey, so I can't say that word. So let's just say the people in the jury failed to reach a unanimous verdict following two days of deliberations. They also said that um who is Demons? Is that his name? Uh oh yeah okay bro YNW Melly's real name real last name is Demons bro. Alright man y'all know what I'm thinking but I ain't gonna say it alright anyways so YNW Melly had pleaded guilty no, have have pleaded not guilty my fault to two counts of first degree murder for killings of fellow rappers Anthony Williams and Christopher Thomas I didn't even know they was rappers and he faced the death penalty if convicted now a lot of my friends was asking me why in the world do people or people keep saying that YNW Miller is going to get off it's because of stuff like this it ended in a, in a result of a retrial but that doesn't mean that he's innocent honestly if he was even close to being innocent they would have let him out on bond because he's been in jail this whole time waiting for his conviction also he's been to jail at least seven eight times in the past so it's not like this is his first time ever like they're not gonna let him out regardless they literally try to give him the death penalty so yeah he's not getting out on bond. like even though people was celebrating him in this trial the first trial ending in a retrial it's still not a win because he's still in jail and he's not getting out on bond and he's gonna be retried he's gonna be retried so a lot of people who's on the bandwagon of free melly i'm just gonna pray for y'all man i'm gonna pray for y'all but anyways like the, like the original saying said or says like i reiterated in the beginning or well, i'm gonna reiterate now you're innocent until proven guilty <laughs> hey man hey i guess but anyways uh with the uh jury to jury sorry i'm trying my best Telling the judge on Friday that they've been unable to reach a decision. The judge ordered them to keep deliberating. Another day passed without a verdict, ultimately prompting the declaration of a mistrial. And so the prosecutors have claimed that Melly conspired to kill Williams and Thomas with the co defendant, Cortland Henry, who is being tried separately. Authorities allege that Melly shot the two men inside a jeep Jeep driven by Henry. Afterwards, the car was allegedly driven to an area uh, near somewhere. I don't know. And then Melly defense team, however, argued that the rapper had no motive to kill Williams and Thomas. And also, they were described as Melly's best friends. Melly's defense team has also highlighted the fact that a murder weapon was never ever recovered Uh-uh-uh. not gonna lie bro yes. melly's lawyers like they're gonna be notorious after this case because i getting that first case to result in a mistrial said something by itself in itself from uh melly's lawyers like i don't know what type of lawyers he has but let's just say they're gonna get some type of they gonna get all type of traffic after this t- case is done because it's like bro you got you you almost got him off of what because even Melly fans as as serious as it is just a cynical take on it of them laughing at the fact that he made a murder on my mind and how it's just like so fire because you know he may have actually did it I'm like these people need to be checked into a mental institution because ain't no way y'all think this is funny ain't no way bro anyways I ain't trying serious this out but all I'm saying is you're innocent until proven guilty but in my eyes you know I you 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 know what I'm thinking. I ain't gotta say it. So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about YM Del uh YM delhi YMW Belly and his first uh track being uh resulting in a in a retrial and also what do you think about Melly? Do you think he's innocent or guilty? It's almost like every single hip hop commentator is going against drake at this point i mean first you have elliot wilson from the i forget what podcast he does but it's, it's extremely like insightful as far as the knowledge they give but they received they actually received a drake interview but he criticized drake for going on and doing uh interview with a tiktoker bobby althoff i think that's how you say a last name and that was a whole back and forth with drake talking about how elliot was super desperate at some type of festival doing random interviews but he was just sending a shot back at him because drake probably felt slighted that he gave him an interview and he's still years later just taking unnecessary subliminal jabs at drake but now with the basically highlight of the segment is going to be is ebro who is very powerful in the hip-hop landscape i mean he's the host of apple music's rap life radio also he's one of the i think he's one of the uh playlist head curators over at apple so as far as like as far as like playlist spots and and getting your plays on like just apple rating in general ebro is very um actually let me let me find his actual position position at apple let me see because it. it's like a really prestigious like position he has so he's very powerful so with him going at drake i don't know if drake's gonna be as quick to just fire off at ebro like he was at elliot wilson I'm not saying elliot wilson isn't as powerful as ebro but okay ebro is the global editorial head of hip-hop and r&b at apple music which is basically in what i was saying about him just being the head of uh being the one to be in control of playlisting and just radio and him basically being like a gatekeeper. Like they literally say he works with a team of editors to curate playlists and create content and develop marketing campaigns. So that being said, Ebro is very powerful in the hip hop culture and a well-respected figure, which um, is very earned very much earned and he led up he basically built a foundation for himself as far as a resume that nobody really um discredits ebro's hip-hop opinions because he really knows what he's talking about when it comes to the hip-hop culture and the hip-hop field so anyways when he goes at drake you know it's probably warranted as he's said himself he's a drake fan so this is not just something out of the blue like elliot wilson with him taking shots at drake it's pretty honestly as a Drake. Stand myself, I would say it's pretty uh, warranted the way he went at Drake because um, he basically called out Drake for not speaking on black issues because uh, in, the, in a recent episode on this podcast, which we're going to get to in a second. I'm just going to recap it. He basically uh, Ebro said, quote, Drake has never shown up to anything or had anything to say about. Uh, Let me just quote it. So Ebro said, quote, Drake has never shown up to have anything to say about anything going on in society with black folks or anything other than himself also said that drake making headlines for throwing shade at childish gambinos this is america during his all a A blur tour and uh, drake's tour bus was seen with a ticker that read the the overrated and over over awarded hit song because Childish Gambino basically came out, which is Donald Glover. Uh, he basically came out and said this is America started off as a Drake diss. Regardless of that, Drake also shot back. So it's like a response. Anyways, let me just play the video. Cause obviously I can just recap what he said, but I just want to get into the video because it's pretty insightful on the way that uh Ebro talked about it. So here's Ebro right here. Just discussing his discuss for Drake's comments on Childish Gambino. Um, let's go to this clip now that was running around what's it it's all a blur tour. Yes. Drake 21 Savage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh there's a point in Drake's show where he performs headlines and then there's kind of like news headlines it's like that, a TikTok. TikTok yeah, like a, what's that called? A ticker. Mm-hmm. Ticker, ticker. Yeah, yeah, ticker. That, that's uh crawl around the edge of the stage. Up there people caught on to the fact that he took shots at Childish Gambino's this is America which was in response to this video or interview with Childish Gambino talking about the origins of This Is America.
1: And I swear to God, like, it was started as a, the idea for the song started as a joke. To be completely honest, like, This Is America, like, that was all we had. It started as a Drake diss, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, I was like, as, a, as like a funny way of like doing it. But then I was like, this shit sounds kind of hard, though. You know.
2: kind of a weird tidbit to say in the interview like why would you say as a drake does if you don't have like beef with drake and you know drake's like the petty king so like when he heard childish because childish ain't just no regular dude like he out here producing writing making music being an actor pretty much one of the more talented people on the planet and drake probably heard this He was like oh i've been looking like literally drake's been looking and searching for somebody to beef with and childish just stepped right into that i don't know why so it's kind of weird."
1: So I was like, let me play with it. So we
2: just had that. So Childish Gambino said that... All right, and then America. he basically says what I said. I, I want to get into Nadeska's take, because I feel like she was on the nose somehow. Not somehow, but I, I feel like she was on the nose. Oh, she hit it on the nose. Sorry, I can't get that phrase in, right. Yeah, gonna gonna the, say In addition to the music video. Yeah, yeah, the whole
1: page over overrated. That the 21 Savage was on. I love that he's leaning all the way the way back okay. men been involved somebody back me up in the room does it speculate then if it's if i remember and i mean doesn't this go all the way into
2: all right so not gonna lie i'm pretty um huge fan of Nadesca as far as her work and i felt like this was pretty interesting because what she says right here i feel like he's like behind the scenes knowledge and she's trying to like get them to back her up on it because she doesn't want to go out on the limb because i feel like as far as when the Deska had a show with uh academics and joe budden they was the ones to go out on a limb and just say very um I forget the word but just say they just said stuff that was very performative and also they said enticing things that was out of bounds sometimes so as far as like being gossipy basically is the word i'm trying to say being a gossiper based on real knowledge they had but you know stuff they made should have came uh, kept in wraps but now they just opened up a whole can of worms as people say because they unveiled something that the public didn't know kind of like when academics and joe budden uh was talking about the nikki and cardi beef before people even knew they had beef nikki denied it cardi denied it but behind the scenes people knew nikki and cardi had beef it wasn't until the motorsport track came out and academics had the version where academic well, ver- academics had a version where nikki was literally had a unreleased verse when she was taking shots at cardi on motorsport and when he played that people was like oh this is a real beef like, it was like real information he brought to the light so like i said that opened up a whole can of worms and now the cats out the bag cardi and nikki don't like each other and now they can just be open with their dislike for each other um obviously it happened a little bit after that but i don't think it was strictly because of that but that had a huge effect on the public perception of cardi versus nikki it was kind of a behind the scenes beef when everybody was like why are you pitting two black women against each other but then come to find out it was actually true and nikki and cardi actually don't like each other so anyways i think and was about to do that here when she was about to say the real reason why drake and childish is beefing but because she didn't get them to back her up on it she didn't want to come out on the limb as a gossipy person kind of like academics and joe but there's no nothing wrong with being a gossipy person i guess but you know that's um kind of my perspective because look at the way and shameless uh plug analytic dreams video on my podcast platform but basically look at the way she looks when she says it. she's like y'all gonna back, back me up on this oh y'all not gonna back me up okay because the desk is one of the most like respected journalists in the game so when she says something people listen and she don't just say random things so listen to what she says here
1: To it, like he didn't need to take it that far but he did so i think we should laugh about it and i mean doesn't this go all the way back to some issues over a lady if I remember correctly, I what's, it. what's the what's the origin
2: of their beef?
1: Okay, so I don't want to speculate then if it's not, but I, I don't thought know.
2: you see you see that pause? She's like, you gonna back me up on this? And then she's like, oh okay. Since y'all not gonna back me up, I'm just gonna act like it was speculation. What's the? What... Look, she says, if I remember correctly, you know what that means?
1: to some issues over a lady, if I remember correctly. I what's, it. What's, what's it? What's the what origin of
2: their beef? She's like, All right, y'all just gonna act dumb. All right, I'ma act dumb too. Okay,
1: so I don't want to speculate then if it's not, but I, I don't thought, you need to. I thought there was like a woman involved, like an R&B singer.
2: Look, she, she's like, I thought there was a woman involved, an R&B singer. Like it's always, it's usually always a woman when these musicians are beefing. I don't know why, but you know they just be beefing. You know the whole Drake and Chris Brown thing over Rihanna, the whole um, Drake and Tiger thing where he, he always shoots at them through women, but like he was shooting at uh kylie basically you need to ask your age and not your girl's age when he sent those bars towards tiger then the notorious time when uh dj dramas i don't know if his wife baby mom's one of them had her in the studio talking about like making music ended up doing something else and then you know dj that's where the birth of dj drama and drake's beef happened then you gotta know, have the whole thing with drake and kanye west who does he go at again Uh, kim kardashian and he keeps like hinting towards stuff and even kim kardashian just came out and said like none none of that's happened people still don't believe it like to this day this man has a whole single titled search and rescue with a lookalike of kim kardashian on the cover like they actually together like i'm like bro this man always targets a woman in their beef and um this was this was interesting because I feel like Nadesco was hinting towards the actual singer, but because they didn't back her up, she didn't say it. Even
1: if it's not, but I, I don't thought know. Yeah, I thought there was like a woman involved, like an R and B singer, and that was like the tension between the two of them. And Gambino she felt
2: looked so, so disappointed. Somebody she like, y'all ain't gonna back Does me sound up. right to you? Look, she even says it. Look,
1: that was like the tension between the two of them, and Gambino felt away about it. Somebody back me up in the room. Does this sound?
2: She literally says, "Somebody back me up in the room." You know what she wants to say? She just don't want to go out on a limb and be gossipy, because. She probably already knows. She just don't want to say it. Right to
1: you, am I making this all up? Leave a comment, okay?
2: <laughs> Look, you see how Ebro, like that whole, it's just comedy. That that's just straight comedy. He's like, leave a comment. Like, come on, bro. You know what she's trying to do? Y'all ain't gonna back her up. But anyways, Nadetska was about to spill the tea, but you know, Ebro and them they not wanna back her up on that. So Nadetska was like, ah, okay, I see what we doing here. So anyways, I do think it was probably over R and B singer. Actually, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Let me do my little journalistic gossipy uh, research. Let me see. What are in B Singer could Donald Glover? Let me put his other name. AKA. We gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino and Drake what's R&B singer called Donald Glover aka Charles Gambino and Drake beefing over let's see let's see if Nadesuka was trying to give us a hint I feel like she definitely gave us a hint but she I don't think she narrowed it down because I don't really know too many people that Donald Glover has been with so I don't know we're gonna see we're gonna try to get to the bottom of it uh Rihanna there's no way Glover dissed Drake in a freestyle in Australia 2014, rapping. Nah, I ain't Drake. I sing better. I do better. My blanks, weather. What? What does that mean? I don't understand. Glover got to work on that. Um, beefing over the weekend. That just That's what I mean. All right. Uh, let's see. i don't know it seems like a completely speculation rihanna is like a interesting one because why would they be beefing over rihanna isn't she like happily married or whatever having kids with asap all right i did some research in like 0.2 seconds and i couldn't find anything and um i believe Nadesca probably actually knows the name but because nobody else wanted to jump on that limb out there with, like if that was academics and joe Budden, they probably would have said the name they probably would have said the name and took the alley you to actually do the messy work for her. But since Nadeska, you know, she don't want to be that messy person, so she ain't want to give us a scoop. But it's okay. Um, yeah, so that's all you need to know. Ebro doesn't like the fact that Drake doesn't speak on black issues whenever somebody makes a, a black issue or a topic song such as this is america why is he speaking on it when he's never came out and done anything for the black community so it's pretty interesting how Ebro completely shot at drake and i as a drake stand i have to say it's very valid i don't know how drake can rebut that um only thing he could probably say is you know drake could probably say i don't start it i finish it because childish did come out the blue and say this is america was a diss so it's not like he said some random song was a diss and drake just this is america he literally childish literally came out said this is america started out as a drake diss so i don't know i think drake was just defending himself I Man, y'all stop y'all stop ganging up on the goat, man just because y'all doing y'all numbers man don't mean that y'all have to start fake fake beefs but anyways ebro is definitely a valuable uh person in the hip-hop community so of course with his deep understanding of hip-hop and of course with his position at apple i don't think drake would try to go too hard at ebro and he'll probably just let bygones be bygone anyways getting into more inter- interesting details uh click my link in my bio let me know one of my social medias what do you think about childish drake's beef do you think that it's warranted and what do you think would be the more entertaining beef drake versus donald glover aka childish gambino or with his most recent bars in uh meltdown drake versus pharrell slash t Erica Badu versus Beyonce was not on my bingo card of 2023. Because let me tell you something. I was thinking that because of the utmost respect that Beyonce has in the industry and Erica Badu, mind you, I would just think that these two would just never beef. It's kind of like if Jay Z. And P. Diddy was the beef. Like maybe they beefed in the past, but it's just like very it just seems like two people who very much is in the same lane as far as teammates shooting at each other. Not literally, of course. You know, with women beef, uh, they do it a lot better than men, as they keep it just strictly words, and men, you already know where they take it, you know, just ask YMW Melly. Oh, my fault, anyways, Erica Badu has insinuated and also shameless plug analytic dreams video on spotify to see what i'm talking about exclusively on spotify erica badu insinuated that beyonce is copying her looks in a series of tweets on january 18th where she posted herself wearing uh a hat and she also posted beyonce with the same hat along with the caption i guess i'm everybody's stylist which i can pull up right now you can see the hat that she's talking about so this is you see the hat that erica's wearing down the left you see beyonce and you see her series of uh tweets and instagram story posts with her first one with beyonce wearing the hat saying hmm second one with her wearing the hat and basically saying i guess i'm everybody's stylist so after badu saying that that basically opened the floodgates and everybody started debating on social media with some people agreeing with her and then of course you already know the beehive was coming coming out in droves basically defending beyonce some people pointing out that both Badu and beyonce are known for their fashion style and also is a possibility that they both came up with the look independently because of course it's kind of just a hat like obviously i guess you can see the red with the hat but beyonce's wearing a shirt Badu's wearing whatever this is it's like a dress combined with what looks like a funnel cake wrapped around her but then uh beyonce is you know she got the the boots that go up to her thighs i don't know i i'm not zooming in on that but because I, I don't know how to do that basically the Dalph is a totally different when it comes to uh but like besides the hat obviously the hat i guess even though didn't beyonce have like some type of hat like that on the beyonce res? uh I like beyonce hold on let me see if i can find this renaissance didn't she have some type of uh hat like that on her cover oh no it was just a horse that was silver i swear she had some type of hat like that i guess not but anyway she was riding a horse so this this type of hat isn't like out of the norm for beyonce to wear like this cowboy centric hat and basically beyonce's hat is larger and it curves like a cowboy style so i don't i don't get it I think Beyonce, I think Erykah Badu is kind of tripping but at the end of the day I had to cover this is because it's not every day you see the likes of uh, uh Erykah Badu going at Beyonce like why <laughs> like Erica Badu is one of those where she doesn't really need like clout but it's interesting tactic to accuse Beyonce of copying her look I don't know if this is just a thing in the women's society where You copy somebody's look and then get immediately called out for it. But I know a lot of people who get inspiration from people looks and then decide to wear that, you know, maybe the next day, the next month, the next week, the next year. And for guys, it's kind of like, you know, you bite my style or try and be like me. But to go this far as to put up a side by side photo image when even that all the whole outfit besides the hat is completely different like this is just insane like i just don't understand like why would erica badu accuse beyonce of such a thing and now i know what you're gonna say i am officially a member of the beehive and yes i am so anyways that's all i gotta say uh (laughs) click my link tree in my bio let me know one of my social medias uh, oh also i do need to finish with this beyonce has not responded to erica badu's tweets of course like why was she you know come on now and um she has been known to pay homage to other artists in her style so it's possible that she was simply inspired by uh badu but do not think that she uh was copying Badu in any stretch of the magic an uh, imagination like come on now like it's beyonce like And with that, you know, I do feel like my application to be a member of the Beehive should be accepted. So, anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the whole Erica Badu versus Beyonce fiasco? And do you think Beyonce was copying Erica Badu's look or not? Getting into the overview of the pod for episode 126. Also, before I get into the overview, I want to shout out to Drizzly one more time for sponsoring the podcast from this episode on, especially for the month of uh, August, just in general, uh, the way they believed in the pod for the past, um, well, it's just been like three three to four months at this point, you know, just, just for them sponsoring the podcast, it's just very much appreciated by me, and also, I appreciate them for... Um, going out on the limb and sponsoring a pod like this because in general we do bring in certain respectable numbers but at the end of the day does not does not guarantee that somebody wants to sponsor you so i just want to shout out to them and also you probably already heard the ad throughout this episode and at the beginning so i'm not going to reiterate what they do but i just definitely follow them um at drizzly.com uh and yeah well no if you're not uh 21 or plus then definitely don't (laughs) definitely don't do that yeah not everybody type in drizzly.com but uh yeah (laughs) my fault yeah we can't be doing that uh but yeah if you're of age definitely uh check out drizzly as it's a delivery company for uh alcohol it's basically an alcohol delivery company so yeah all right so getting into the overview of the pod for episode 126 I basically want to reiterate what I said in my intro, as if you want to enter music for a playlist uh, submission, I'm doing $10 per submission, and that's for 24 hours to put your music on my podcast. Like I said, going over my numbers again, 80,000 downloads per week, as far as um, a total downloads you surpass 1.2 million in under seven months under in, re- in the hosting platform red circle so um i feel like that's a respectable price to put it at uh especially for people i don't even know and um music that i've never heard obviously if it's just like completely trash i may have to just be like like if it's just completely like explicit and derogatory to certain groups if you know what i'm saying i can't play that type of stuff but in general i will play your music for 24 hours for the price of ten dollars for on the notorious mass effect podcast for all the people who reached out for a spotify playlist submission uh that's the direction well yeah, basically instructions directions however you want to quantify it but yeah basically saying that cause i know a lot of people are sending me emails and stuff and so this is how i want to do it because you one you have to listen to the pod to know to how to actual submit it like correctly and also um i just feel like people who listen to the pie you know i feel like they should have a a leg up on people who don't as far as like getting their music played on this platform so anyways with that being said got into the first topic of episode 126 got into the beef the notorious beef between uh asap rocky and travis basically kind of talked about how that man literally tried to use travis scott's uh marketing tactic uh no use a 50 cent marketing tactic of just calling out the opposition so he called out travis but subliminally he did not do the 50 cent he only did a subliminal diss he should have just came out and fully claimed him going at travis but instead the whole marketing tactic fell flat on his face and he kind of uh recapped his uh his words when or oh, not recap but he, he took back his words whenever asap Bari and ian connor kind of pressed him so you know asap rocky didn't stand on his words at all so his marketing tactic to use travis scott as a as a marketing tool definitely failed then we got the Peso Pluma and ASAP Rocky being in the studio. I basically use that segment to talk about the influence of other genres on hip hop as Afrobeats is the fastest growing genre in the music industry right now. And also the Latin music field is definitely uh, on the rise, especially you can see on the Billboard Top 100, and especially the Latin charts. They run that in general. And uh, I think hip hop is starting to acknowledge some of the other genres catching up to their popularity and I'm not saying they're threatened, but they know to collaborate more with these type of artists. Then we got into Travis Scott's Utopia review. And let me just say, I feel like for that review, I went longer than I thought it was going to be. So that's how you know I really got into it and really kind of gave you my true and honest feelings about Utopia. And hopefully it satisfied uh, what you thought you was going to get from an Analytic Dreams review. Then we got into the leaked news with PlayStation with Project Q and the other segment with PS5 Pro and maybe a PS5 Slim, as both of those are alleged. Don't know if it's true, but it's set to be uh, next. It's set to be November 2024. Yeah. Yeah. And for the Project Q, we don't know when that's coming out. But all, also, all that information was alleged, but it seemed it came from like real credible leaks. So wanted to report on it and just get that out there for gaming fans and enthusiasts. Then we switched gears, got into Mortal Kombat, kind of capped, kind of recapped everything going on with that game and in general all the all the news and. All the news and just DLC characters in general. The Combat Pack 1, Scorpion Breakdown kind of got some new gameplay. Also got into Umgadi and Gareth's gameplay and how they're going to play throughout the game. Talked about, let me just say, hopeful wishes to say the least for my dlc characters well i'm just gonna come out and say it i basically want superman in the game and i just feel like superman omni-man and homelander being being able to fight all in the same game would just be straight fire but i know because of all the brutal and gruesome fatalities that's in mortal Kombat, warner bros probably doesn't want to give superman to mortal Kombat to get just completely dismembered by by each and every character so anyways uh what else? Got into spider and then we switched gears, talked about Spider-Man and all the information surrounding that game and just in general, the um the, the story elements I kind of broke down in a way that uh will will probably be more insightful. If you already heard this, and you probably already know what I'm talking about. But if you skip that part, because if you didn't want uh spoilers, let's just say it was very insightful for the avid spider-man fan let's just say that the the one who probably wants to more more who wants to know more detail details to the average spider-man fan then we got into how spider-man is going to be an invincible that's also another tidbit i kind of threw in there invincible season two and that's not like a spoiler. It was like uh, that official account put that in the trailer. Well, not like Spider-Man himself, but they put like a uh, a comic of Spider-Man and Invincible on on Invincible's phone. But anyways, it was like an Easter egg. Uh, we transition back into hip hop, talking about how YNW Melly is facing retrial on murder charges. If you don't know, the first trial for um, his murder charges ended in... Um, a mistrial. So his first trial ended in a mistrial because he's been to jail like seven, to eight times. They're not letting him out on bond, and they're just gonna retry retry him. So he's just gonna sit in jail until he gets convicted. And um, so yeah, he is um, accused of a double murder of his friend. So it makes sense. He's he's been to jail like seven, to eight times. So you know you know the phrase "proven." uh innocent until proven guilty but all I'm gonna say is he's in jail for a reason and, and not let he's not going to be let out on, on bond for a reason so let's just leave it at that then we transitioned into G Herbo and talked about how actually we did that uh flip-flop so we talked about G Herbo folks and, and then YNW Melly but for the G Herbo segment I basically got into how he pled guilty for using stolen credit cards and luxury vehicles designer puppies out of all things that man stole somebody's credit card information to buy designer puppies and that's all you need to know he's facing up he's facing a maximum of uh, 20 years in prison he pled guilty so i'm pretty sure he's gonna get less than 20 so we're gonna see how much he actually ends up get, uh, receiving then we got into some beef even more beef uh but this time it's uh human versus human not human versus uh, the law system <laughs> uh but anyways uh ebro versus drake pretty huge beef if you do ask me Ebro is a pretty respected uh figure in the hip-hop community I mean he's literally and I mean literally the global editorial hip uh head of hip-hop and R&B at Apple Music so I don't think Drake will really say anything too crazy at Ebro at the end of the day he still needs those playlist submissions and, and radio spins so I don't think Drake's gonna say anything too crazy at Ebro but we finished the episode basically talking about erica badu versus beyonce the most out of left field beef we'll probably get in 2023 because i thought these two was just gonna kumbaya for the whole entire career as it seems like both of these are non-problematic artists so it'll be it's interesting to see erica badu call out beyonce but beyonce has not responded and nor do i think she should or even is going to respond to erica badu so that's about it for episode 126. Thanks for tuning in to the notorious Mass Effect episode. And don't be afraid to send me an email letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and to keep on my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, Click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast or rate this five stars on whatever platform you are currently listening on as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect.